0: And last week, when we uh, made a commitment during Fundraising Marathon 2015 to increase our bond with the State of Israel for our wonderful listeners, boy, did we mean it. Here we are on the very first JMN radio program after the marathon in Stay Road, believe it or not, with our friends from the Jewish National Fund. We're actually broadcasting today from the indoor playground of the JNF here in Stay Road as we highlight some of their incredible work in the state of Israel. Not a foreign concept for our listeners, so many of them are already familiar somewhat with the great work of JNF. And here we are in a Monday morning broadcast at JM in the A.M., the weather in Israel, just beautiful. And a big thank you to everybody who helped support us again during Fundraising Marathon 2015. A very, very big thank you. We had an amazing finish on Friday. Uh, If you heard the last few minutes, you can't help but uh, agree that it was an amazing finish and I thank everybody who participated during the two weeks. And now it's great to be back into our regular format. JM and the AM I have to acknowledge, um, uh, before we do anything else, uh, the, uh, tremendous tragedy of the Sassoon family of Brooklyn, New York over the weekend. Many are familiar with what happened, uh, very late Friday night, very early Shabbos morning in Brooklyn. And those seven funerals, believe it or not, are taking place, took place yesterday in Brooklyn and are taking place here. Uh, in Haram Nuchot in Yerushalayim uh, today, on a Monday. And um, there's nothing to say. It, the entire community, the collective Jewish heart around the world, not just in Brooklyn and not just in Israel, but around the world, as we like to refer to it, is in tremendous pain from this uh, terrible tragedy, this horrific episode. And uh, let us hope that there is uh, some comfort down the road for those family members who remain and for all the friends and relatives who are in so much pain after this tremendous tragedy. So that's happening today in Yerushalayim, and obviously there will be thousands and thousands of people there. Uh, This has soon family before Brooklyn actually lived in the holy city of Jerusalem. So here we are on a Monday broadcast. We're with our friends at the Jewish National Fund down in State Road as we talk about the things that are happening all around the country. And uh, we'll be here, of course, until 9 o'clock this morning, Till the Israel Show with Mayor Weingarten and plenty more. The video is up. If you go to NahumSiegel.com, you can actually see the video up right now with the live stream. ZK tells me that today's miracle was provided by Travel Cell. Without that emergency backup system, he would have had a lot of trouble getting that video up and the audio as well. So a big thank you to Josh Melman, everybody at Travel Cell, for not just uh, keeping us connected to the uh, United States, but keeping us connected to our radio home as well at WFMU. It's much appreciated. And uh, we'll meet a lot of interesting people here today. I want to give a, an early morning shout-out to uh, Michal Marmory, who introduced herself earlier to us, of uh, the Foreign Press um, uh, Consulting uh, Service here in Israel, uh, just one of the people who's helping us here today at the uh, JM&AM radio program. And, of course, I am joined by Miriam al and ZK and PC Guy, as our team is on the road in the Holy Land for this very special trip more coming up monday morning theme song and then we'll meet some of the guests who are going to be speaking with today on a very special monday edition of jm in the a.m
1: Step in the sunshine and smile. Birds chirping above, the beauty of nature around you. Marvelous oneness around you, which all very clear. Take a look and you'll see A world so full of confusion You know Hashem says to guide you When you smile We hope for that day I believe it's our survival I said, Wake up, keep Look around and you'll see. If that's the turn of flame, it's for us, can't you see? And though we feel this that special day is almost here. You are a Jew, it's all for you. I Hashem ba shmaym shaytan bi yembkhaw awasri mi khalsoy bisayir rasham ha khonakh khali may may ghayah
2: fon
1: bi in the heavens if You have flesh and flesh and
0: J.M. in the A.M. as we broadcast from the Holy Land. We're in Stay Road with our friends at J.N.F. and I thought that that was an appropriate selection as we, uh, as we take pause, uh, after the tragedy of the Sassoon family, knowing that those funerals are taking place in, uh, Yerushalayim this morning. Um, I should say this afternoon. Uh, we should, uh, all think of our own families and the blessings that we have and not take any of it for granted. It's a very important message, obviously, in the aftermath of this Terrible pain that the collective Jewish heart is feeling. It's a Monday morning broadcast, JM and the AM. My thanks to everybody who, uh, again, proved to be great supporters of ours during our big fundraising marathon. We're here in Israel today. We are, believe it or not, in Stay Road, in the indoor children's playground of Stay Road, which has uh, a few um, uh, shelters attached to it. It's a pretty amazing facility, to say the least. You can see it in the background if you're watching now at nachlamsiegel.com. And uh Miriam L. Wallach is here. Good morning, Miriam.
3: Good morning, Malcolm. How Good. are you? Do I, am I on?
0: You're on. There all we right. go
3: now,
4: I hear myself. Hello. So
0: what do you, do you ever see a playground like this in your life? No, it's pretty incredible.
4: It's really incredible. And it's full of youth and it's full of fun and it's full of just life. And you would never know. You would never know.
0: Well, in addition to that it's the way also...
4: it's built been built with the design and the the, the forethought. Um, just on the appearances, that it serves as a bomb shelter, and there are secluded rooms where you can have a birthday party in the event of an attack. Everybody is safe in there, and um, it's really just its a phenomenal space.
0: Where is the – didn't we have a – oh, there it is. Hey, right. you want me to move it? There's a rocket behind us. I'm not kidding, a real rocket that was – or a piece of a real rocket. That was shot here at the people in Stay Road at some point. Thank God we're talking about peaceful times right now and speaking to you from a peaceful Stay Road. The last time we were here in August, you may recall, was a little bit of a different type of atmosphere. And uh, thank God today, is, here it is, right next to me. That is authentic, uh, and you can see that if you're on the video right now at the homepage of NahumSiegel.com. And uh, this is what the uh, the folks in Stay Road during uh, rocket attacks go through. These type of uh, of Rocket is um, showered upon them, and uh, they are in dire need always of facilities to make sure that everybody can be safe, and that's what's been happening over all these years. Facilities have been built to make sure, shelters have been built to make sure that they're able to run uh, where they need to get to as soon as possible. And here, attached to this indoor playground, you have uh, some of those shelters as well to protect the children. That's what it's all about. (laughs) This is not a prop. No, this is the real deal.
5: It's got actual, it's even got writing on it. I mean, it's a little bit. Yeah, there's uh, some
0: charm to it. There yeah. is some charm to it, you have to admit. One, once it got into the hands of the people here, they were very creative. It
5: was,
4: um,
0: yeah. Uh, so that's know. just that's just one of the, uh, the thousands that have fallen here in this town over the years. Uh, we'll be speaking with um, many representatives of the JNF and uh, speaking about some of their projects around the country coming up. Here at the JM and the AM, as we mentioned earlier, Travel Cell gets a very big shout-out. also want to thank our friends at the Inbal Hotel in Jerusalem, who, again, are serving as our home base, as they always do. Uh, Stan is in our studio. big thank you to him, of course. PC Guy and ZK are here on the spot. PC Guy, in fact, was here to make sure way in advance that things would work out well for us in terms of connecting back to the States. I thank him for that. And a, a special hello to Jody Bodner from JNF, very helpful in this whole venture. Yes, she's been great. And to Shachar, if I have it pronounced right, Chermelin? I think that that's his last name. Am I right? Chermelin? Hermelin. Hermelin Hermelin Shachar, to you for all your help so far. And there's a gentleman who's extremely helpful to us here today. Shmuel. That's Shmuel. Shmuel, to Shmuel was the on Johnny on the spot, or as they say in Israel, Shmuel on the spot. When it came to setting up our show here today from Roads, I thank him very much. We we'll go to some music, more coming up. Ariel Cutler is going to join us. Plenty of guests on a uh, Monday morning from Israel at J.M. in the A.M. <laughs>
1: Shalom we Yisrael call Yisrael we are call amen Oseh shalom Shalom, Shalom, Alaynu, we are called Israel, we Amen.
6: Shalom.
0: morning broadcast from Stay Road. You can watch everything at NachumSiegel.com. The video is up. Uh, also, the um, uh, we're here in Israel throughout the entire, well actually throughout, uh, through Wednesday. We're going to be in Israel through Wednesday, tomorrow and Wednesday from the Deer World Seum. Today we are uh, in Stay Road with our friends at JNF. Ariel Cutler is here, JNF, Jewish National Fund Development Officer, involved in many projects. A pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nahum. Great to be here. You had an observation which we should remind our listeners about. I'm sure we've mentioned this before, and that is as as the, the rocket was sitting here, you pointed out that every rocket is labeled with where it fell and when it fell, so people will remember where and when it uh, fell here in State Road or anywhere else.
7: Right. Unfortunately, too many rockets. And uh, I think the reason they write the date and the location where it fell teaches us a lot about how they're advancing their development of the rockets, how far they're reaching, how uh, precisely they're... Uh, hitting the targets, and that's kind of why they use it. Um, I mentioned the story that I was uh, with friends from Cherry Hill, the Abramsons, and uh, we were at the Gaveem Junction. We went to see the police station, and when we got to the police station, we saw that rocket that had fell less than 24 hours earlier fell in the Gaveem Junction. So it's uh, unfortunately, it hits too close, to home, uh, too often. Pretty
0: unbelievable. Chances are we're speaking to some JNF supporters because you've noticed that a lot of different communities in the United States are there on the front lines when JNF needs new projects or even old projects funded.
7: Well, for sure. First of all, uh, JNF of America built this playground. Uh, JNF of America raises 80 to 100 million dollars a year. That all comes to Israel. Uh, we are your voice in Israel. We make Israel a better place every single day. And uh, this playground is just one example. And um, just to give some statistics, some ideas of this playground, uh, it's had over 300,000 children through the doors of this playground. And um, several of my own, and I've been to the playground while the sirens went off with my own kids here, and I could see the fear in my wife's eyes, having to run, and and there's always a lot of staffer making sure within seconds everybody's in the bomb shelters, right. and it's a scary thing. I mean, everybody remembers JNF from the original days of the blue boxes, sure. the pushkas, and that's why when we finished building this building you can see we painted it all blue we call it the biggest blue box in the world and uh, just instead of putting quarters inside our entire goal is putting smiling kids inside giving kids the opportunity to be children just you even got the
0: right shade it seems
7: yeah pretty much that was the goal so uh
0: very nice ariel cutler is here jnf development officer um one of the things that we always talk about is the uh is how jnf and, and you encourage others to partner with you uh, concentrate on different regions of the country. Blueprint Negev is a project that obviously is there to help expand population in the Negev. Uh, we see what's happened in Beersheba. You'd love to replicate that, I'm sure, in many other areas. Give us an update on what's happening in the Negev.
7: Well, so, you know, the Negev is 60% of the land of Israel. Only... Eight to ten percent of the Israeli population live on it. Right. The twenty eighty rule, the, the rule of eighty percent of the people living on twenty percent of the land, can work fine in any other place, but in a state smaller than the you know the same size as, as the state of New Jersey, we can't afford to give up eighty percent of the land. Right, and that's why JNF put at the forefront at some very important you know missions today. Our vision is is to get a half a million Israelis to move to the Negev, and three hundred thousand Israelis to move to the Galil, and to develop those areas. Uh, you know. Just between us here, okay, as, as the orthodox uh, community in America, we concentrated many, many years on the West Bank, which is very important. Which, you know, JNF, uh, there's all these theories. JNF has done fire trucks and and reservoirs and parks all over Israel. There's You know, we're building a museum in Kfaritio now for $2 million. So it's not about that. It's about making sure we don't forget about other areas. And we forgot, the orthodox community, about the Negev. We forgot about the Galil. And when you fly, you know, from Tel Aviv to the Negev, lot, at night, once you go past Be'er it's black. It's pitch black. There's no lights. And if we're not there, we know who will be there. And that's why I wrote a plan for the Israeli government called Blueprint Negev 15 years ago and put very clear milestones o- along the way to measure success. Be'er Sheva was a declining population. A success story for mother in Be'er Sheva is that her son goes to the army, goes to college, and moves to Tel Aviv. Right. There's no future in Be'er Sheva, Yerucham, Dimona, Arad, etc. And that's something we're trying to change. And you know what? This playground, Bezrat Hashem, there won't be one more rocket. If there's not one more rocket, was this a waste of five million dollars? And the answer is no. We interviewed a kid here from Sterot named Stav, who said, "I was. He goes to regional school." He said, I was always embarrassed to tell my friends I live in Stero. Today, my friends want to know when they can come play at my playground. <laughs> because this place, you know, for those of you who haven't been here on your next trip to Israel, please come visit the Stero indoor playground and, in, you know, the JNF indoor playground, in Stero. By the way, we have a weekly tour that leaves Yerushalayim every Wednesday from Heichal Shlomo and comes here. This is one of the stops along the way. We go to the Island Institute, the underground bullet factory. We go see Beersheba and we come to this playground and great way to spend the day in Israel. Come spend it on on the JNF weekly tour. It's on our website. You can find out more at JewishNationalFund.org. And um, you'll come and, and, and you'll see kids playing here and having a good time and really enjoying it. And, um. You talk about milestones and success in the Negev.
0: How do we judge that? How do we achieve those milestones? What can you tell our audience in terms of the progress that's been made? Be'er Sheva, it's obvious. And as you just indicated, plenty of people visit there and see it. What would we see in other areas in Negev?
7: So if you go visit Chalutza, Chalutza is an area that wasn't touched. You're going to hear later from Yadid ya Harush right. from Chalutza. He'll tell you he used to live in Gush Katif. And I don't want to, you know, really steal everything he's going to say, but I'm sure he's going to talk about the fact that when they got out of Gush Katif, the government, they went to the government and said, what's the next national mission? And the government pointed at the triangle of borders, Egypt and, uh, and, and uh, Gaza. Right. And that's where they relocated, and they turned the page. And today we have uh, over 250 families, I believe, living there. And the, the census that was done at the end of 2014 by the Israeli Census uh, Bureau, Chalut is the highest growing uh, area population-wise in the entire state of Israel. And we believe that in 10 years we're going to have 30,000 people there. And there's an area that had nobody there before. And you go there, and it's real tzionut. It's real Chalutziut. By the way, many of the etrogim that you guys bought in New York and New Jersey this year came from halutza. The first thing they did when they got out of Gush Katif is they planted etrogim for orla purposes, you know, to wait to four right. years until they could actually sell the etrogim all over. And um I think we were in one of those orchards back in August, if I'm not mistaken. So, so they're the biggest exporters of, of carrots and potatoes, organic, to Europe, and, and, and they turn the page. And there's a lot of yeshiva there, and, and the pre-army Raf, Rafi Peretz's yeshiva, Atzmona, right. is there. Uh, Ravelli Adler, who's from the yeshiva, is very involved in what we do at JNF. He's kind of the leaders there who helped us make a difference and get involved. And we spent uh, millions of dollars there bringing people to live there and to call it their home.
0: And how do we judge uh, success
7: up north in the Go North Building Initiative? So so the Go North Building Initiative is actually in its early stages. Last week we had 85 um, major donors of JNF of America visiting Israel. We called it our task force mission. And um, we spread ourselves out around Israel, groups of 10, 12, 15 people all over Israel. One of the groups was the IRC, which I'll mention in a couple seconds. But the, the Go North Task Force mission went up north. And we were discussing projects. Projects that are gonna help bring jobs, gonna help bring population to come live in, in Akko, in Ma'alot, in Carmiel, in, in the, in the Beit Shan, in, in How do we get Israelis to call that their home? How do we get them to consider living there? Cause it's not just about living in, in, in Yershaim, Yehuda Shomron, Tel Aviv, Haifa. There's another very large chunk of Israel that we have to go and settle. It's not just good to go to a timber for the night. It's it's good to call it your home and and put your roots in. And that's really what we're about, you know, putting our roots in. You know, everybody thinks of JNF back to the early days when when we really put just our roots in with the trees. And uh, it, you know it's it's a misconception that that's all we do. And when you uh, when people fund
0: these projects are you then able to I don't know give incentives or help people along whether it be with education or job placement I mean are you able to do that with that uh
7: Well last week we dedicated in Be'er Sheva the new Ronald Lauder employment center in Be'er Sheva. there you go The idea of the employment center is to keep the great minds that go to Ben Gurion University in Be'er Sheva to keep them in the Negev and it's a partnership between Jewish National Fund. Because normally they'd go to other er- other major areas of Israel. Of course. Right. Of course. Uh, everybody wants to sure. live in Tel Aviv. Right? That's where that's it is. And they work there. And work there. But we're working on m- making them want to stay here, not forcing them to stay here. And we actually see uh, the, op- the opposite. Um, we see people f- who live in Tel Aviv commuting to work in Beersheba. And we're hoping we're going to be able to help them find a home in Beersheba. And when they find a home, we have to help them have the right education, the right job, the right school for their kids, uh, a park, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's really the full package of what we're doing. It's, it's you know, Nefesh B'Nefesh, which we'll hear later, sure. which is another one of our partners, helps you make Aliyah. But once you make Aliyah, we want to help you make Aliyah to the Negev or Aliyah to the Galil. So we do that in partnership with, with Nefesh. But we also have other organizations in Israel that help you make that step and make sure it's a successful step. How long have you been living in Israel? So actually I was born here. And um after I served in the army for four and a half years, I moved to Springfield, New Jersey. And uh we moved back to Israel uh, five and a half years ago. I don't miss anything about the gullus except Jam and the AM because you know you. <laughs> you, you can't listen to Jam and the AM in your car at twelve o'clock in the afternoon in Israel and hear you sing Modeani Lefanecha, right? It just doesn't work at twelve o'clock in the afternoon. But uh it's a treat to be here with you today and it's um great to listen to Jam online, but being back in Israel in JNF really gives me an opportunity. Every day I wake up, I know by the time I go to sleep, Israel's going to look a little bit better, and that's really what we do. And it's, it
0: happens day by day. Every single day. It can't happen in one fell swoop. It's got to be a, yeah, yeah, a it's process a, and a very thought-out process. So
7: we're, we're running a marathon. not you know It's not a sprint. Right. It, sometimes processes can take years until they come true, but um, that's really what we do. We, we try to take the vision and turn it into actuality, and, and again, I said it's measured. And that's why I said the IRC mission that was here last week. The IRC is our Israel Review, Re- Review Committee. They come to Israel. These are accountants and lawyers who are JNF donors who come to Israel, and they go into every single one of our partner organizations, and they rip them apart. They open their books, and they want to see where the money went. The money that came from you guys in America and we're spending here in Israel, we want to make sure we're accountable for. And we have a fiduciary responsibility to do that, and that's why we get the highest ratings from charity navigator and guide star and better business bureau and it's something we're very proud of it makes it very easy to you know ask somebody to make a donation to jewish national fund of america knowing that his money's protected and we're doing uh, the right thing we should be doing with his money
0: as you know a week from now there'll be a uh, a nice influx of tourists uh, coming for Pesach to Israel. Will those tours that you just mentioned be happening on of Yeah, of course.
7: Well? Of course. And uh, I've got many emails from people all over. Uh, shout out to the Israelis in West Orange who sent me an email <laughs> that they're coming on the JNF tour. <laughs> but, but, but really, uh, if you haven't signed up and you're in Israel looking for something to do, go onto the JNF website, look up our, our tours over Pesach. We're going to have several of them. And besides the tours, you know, go visit Ammunition Hill. We're going to have many activities. It's not just good to go to the Kotel and walk through the Mamilla Mall. Remember that 45 years ago you couldn't go to the Kotel, and it's about the battle at Ammunition Hill that was the reunification of Yerushaim. You'll hear later from Yoel Rasby a little bit more about what we're doing at Ammunition Hill and uh, how you could come and uh, bring your kids. We're going to have uh, challenging activities uh, over Pesach for people to come rock climbing and a uh, zip line. And I'm sure people, anybody who goes there will have a good time. So.
0: <laughs> Ariel, thank you for welcoming us here today and for being here today. It's thank much you appreciated. very,
7: very much, Nachum. I appreciate it. Ariel Cutler,
0: everybody. He is a JNF development officer and uh, spending time with us in our first hour this morning at JM and the a. and We're in Israel. We're in Stay Road with the JNF indoor playground in Stay Road. Uh, inviting everybody to, uh, come and see this amazing facility. As you just heard, you could do so all through the year. And if you're coming for Pesach, you have an amazing opportunity to come and spend some time here, uh, with the JNF Tour. You can go to their website for more information. More coming up. Keep it right here at JM in the AM.
1: I'm <laughs> are
0: Video up at NahumSiegel.com. If you want to see the video from Israel, that's right. We're in the Holy Land with a big thank you to everybody who uh, helped uh, get us to our amazing total last week during our big fundraising marathon. We told you we'd uh, keep you connected to the Holy Land, and sure enough, here we are in our first Jam and the AM radio broadcast after the big fundraising marathon in Stay Road in the um, uh, ch- Indoor Children's Playground. The JNF Indoor Children's Playground is where we're hanging out and where we're doing today's radio show. Ahuva Holland is with us, head nurse at Alay Negev and a Stay Road resident. Ahuva, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for being here. What's it like living in Stay Road? <laughs> what would you tell people in the United States who are listening right now about what it's like to live in Stay Road?
5: Uh, this is uh, absolutely our nat- natural uh, place to live. I right. live here around uh, 30 years. Wow. Some of my kids were born here in Kibbutz Givim. He mentioned uh,
2: right.
5: a few minutes uh, before. Um, we have some, we have some um, very, uh, some very nice times when everything is quiet, and uh, we have the opportunity to live our our life.
0: So you have a lot of very good days and uh, some challenging days.
5: Some <laughs> very challenging days.
0: I yeah. can only imagine.
5: Um, <laughs> the challenging days uh, makes us uh, more attached to this uh, while well, it's, it's no filly.
0: that's okay <laughs> uh, the challenging days they, uh, make, you more, make attached. you
5: more attached to the, to this region and we don't see ourselves uh, living other places uh, this is our home and it will remain that uh, it will remain that way.
0: Most people are not thinking of running away from stay uh, Road. N-
5: not a chance. Not at all. Not at all. Even if we uh, experience here some very very hard days, like the last uh, last war, right. when I came out from my house, it was the day when the um, the terrorists came out from the tunnel, 500 meters from my house. Every. It, Every ammunition that was in the area was shooting. The helicopters was above my head, above my house, shooting at the terrorists who came out from the tunnel. It was very scary, and I said, "What am I going to do now?" So the most, uh, the most natural thing to do is to go back home, go into the shelter, and stay there.
2: Nice.
5: But uh, I, I am. Um, I felt that I can do that, and I went into my car, and I tried to get out from the road, and the roads were blocked, uh, but uh, I I thought that I have to to go to Alei Negev and uh, to be there uh, on these uh, very, very hard days.
0: Explain to our audience with, uh, what Alei Negev is and why it's so important for for you to have been there at that time.
5: Um al is a, a village. Uh, we have uh, 135 uh, residents. They live there. Um, all of them are suffer from mental retardation in a few levels and some of them are bedridden. Uh, we have also a world of uh, little hospital that uh, they are uh, high. De- we have their high dependency. Uh, Residents that they need uh, a constant uh, care of uh, nursing and uh, doctors like like hospital.
0: We refer to them as low functioning and Uh, and
5: uh, very low functioning
0: and therefore in need of high dependence. Uh, uh, And 135 residents like that in La Negev and obviously doing a tremendous chesed for them. I mean, one can only imagine what goes on every single day when the people who are who are working with them, and you felt at that time that with everything happening, that was the place for you to be, that you should have been with the... Uh, Always. With the residents there. How, how long have you been there? How many years?
5: Um, five and a half.
0: Five and a half years. And what's okay. the experience like? Does it, does it change your life the same way you're changing and helping so many other lives?
5: Uh, it changed my life, absolutely. I feel um, totally devoted to this space. I am... We are like um, it's total. It's a t- it's a total job. You if you don't if you are not there, you think about the place you're being. I am in a, con- a constant uh, connection with the stuff there. Um, I live it 24 hours,
2: right.
5: day night, uh, Shabbat, uh, holidays, Yom Kippur, whatever. Right. It's no it's needed if uh, if there is a need to go there by night or uh, to be there by uh for any kind of reason we are there
0: how far or how close is it to stay road
5: it's about uh thirty five uh 40 minutes uh, drive
0: and it's all and it's in the negative obviously
5: It's uh, yeah sometimes when can you can you please fix it for me?
0: Yes, go right ahead. There you go. <laughs> um,
5: and you, I have to say that during these uh, times that we have uh, a very high tension, uh, sometimes we on the way there you have to go out from the car, right. run to the tunnel, going back. This is the reality.
0: Sometimes it's not the easiest place to live.
5: Not very easy.
0: But you would not move.
5: I would not move. I have grandchildren here in right. this, uh, kibbutz Givim, And I come, I come here with them to, to play. To the
0: indoor playground. Yeah, yeah. Ahuva Tadaraba for being here today. Ahuva Holland is the head nurse at Alay Negev for physically disabled adults and children. And as you heard, would never think of leaving Sterot.
5: Yeah, and I want to thank the JNF for the, for the tremendous uh, support
0: here in Sderot and also in Alei Negev. Fantastic. Thank That's you Arama. very much. A pleasure. Thank you very much. JNF doing great work all over Israel. And as you heard Ahuva Holland say, in road and in ale Negev for sure. It's a.m. on a Monday. We'll continue with more, nine minutes before seven o'clock, as we broadcast from Israel for these three days. Tomorrow from the Nokia Center, where we'll be with the Dershu World Seum uh, for both Tuesday and Wednesday's programs. And, of course, then back in the studio in Jersey City on Thursday. I want to thank our friend, the PC Guy. Many of you know him already. In just five years, in Yerushalayim, he's become the leading support for all PC and Internet needs. If you need a new PC or your existing PC needs a tune-up, you call him. If you need a brand-new printer, scanner, fax copier, or have trouble with your existing one, you call him. If you're new to a smartphone or iPad, you call him to integrate your contacts and email. If you don't back up your PC, call the PC Guy. He has an advanced cloud-based backup service. That is available worldwide. If you want internet, Israeli phone and US phone service all from one source with one number to call for support in English, you speak with PC Guy. And if you own an apartment in Yushalayim and want to have support for your internet when you're not there, call the PC Guy. It's uh, thepcguy.co.il. ThePCGuy.co.il or 054 943 6109. 054 943 6109. More coming up from Stay Road, Israel on a Monday here at JM in the AM.
1: Shalom Bimrobal Huya Shalom Aleinu O se Shalom Bimrobal Huya Shalom Aleinu O se Shalom Se Shalom Bimrobal se Shalom Aleinu O se Shalom Bimrobal Yaseh shalom alenu Hu yaseh shalom Hu yaseh shalom Hu yaseh shalom alenu Teyanko Yisrael Shalom ale dou shalom be Roma se shalom U ya se shalom U se shalom U se shalom Uy, se shalom se shalom Shalom, Hur, uh, uh, Hur,
2: Yase, Shalom, uh, Yase, Shalom, Ale, no.
0: the uh, group Revela Sheva. This is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial and around the world on the web, jmdm.org. We're not going to do our news from Israel uh, this morning, but I can tell you that uh, the funeral, unfortunately, this terrible tragedy in Brooklyn of the Sassoon family, the funeral in Israel, takes place at 3.30 Israel time later today. As our thoughts are with friends and relatives of the Sassoon family, and of course the survivors of the uh, terrible tragedy in Brooklyn, New York, um, that seems to have really, of course, uh, uh, caused tremendous anguish to the collective Jewish heart around the world, and our thoughts are with them. In um, the good news department, the Israeli elections are over. That's the good news, <laughs> and uh, those the the jockeying and the negotiating about the. Uh, The next government has already begun. And also we thank all of our listeners who got us to a great total during our big fundraising marathon last week. We're in Stay Road with our friends at the JNF, and they've introduced us to Major General Daron Almag, who is the founder of uh, Alain Negev Nahalat, Iran. He is a a military hero. He was the uh, first IDF commander to land on the runway during the famous 1976 Operation Entebbe. I'm going to ask every parent in our audience to now turn to their children in carpool and explain the significance of being the first IDF commanding officer to be on the runway uh, at Entebbe, Uganda. Uh, Major General Daron Almog, welcome and thank you for joining us here this thank morning. Thank
8: you very much. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, I was also the last Israeli soldier in Entebbe, not only the first, the first and the last.
0: Now that means what? First obviously means first to land. Last means... It's your that responsibility means, to make sure everybody else is out? No, no,
8: no. no. That means that uh, – no. I, uh, my responsibility was to mark the runway for more three Hercules. We landed four. At the end, right. we came number one by surprise, according – landed on uh, uh, international lights that uh, at that time was operating. Right. But immediately after landing, they switch off all the lights, and we assumed that they will swi- switch off. So we landed with uh, some battery la- lights. And four soldiers under my command continue running along the runway, and every 100 meter put battery light. And six other with me continue to the new control tower. We killed four Ugandan guards near the control tower and took over the uh, the control. And then get back uh, to the new terminal. As matter of fact, there were... Two terminals. Sure. The old terminal with one or five Israeli hostages were kept by seven terrorists. And the main force of uh, Yoni Netanyahu, brother of our Prime Minister, Bibi Netanyahu, main force under command of Lieutenant Colonel Yoni Netanyahu, with one Mercedes and two Land Rover, we landed together. By the way, we departed few few minutes before Yoni was killed. Right. Uh, my force, uh, oh, the first Hercules after landed reduced speed to about uh, 20 kilometers per an hour, and we, 10 Israeli soldiers, part of, jumped outside, and then, as I described, four continue marking the runway, and six with me continue inside, taking over the new control tower. And, and then the Hercules uh, accelerated, this Hercules, until the runway, which is more, uh, two and a half kilometers, stopped at the end, and... Disembark um, the Mercedes and two jeeps, the two Land Rover with Yoni and Netanyahu, uh, 21 soldiers of uh, his unit yeah. they continue another three kilometers until they arrived the old terminal which uh, our hostages were kept by the seven terrorists and simultaneously they penetrated from all sides to this building killed the seven terrorists and it was over and unfortunately Yoni himself Right. On the run uh, from the Mercedes to the building was shot by a Ugandan sniper from the old control tower, not this one that uh, I took over, which so we, was so about three s- kilometers away.
0: So we learned a couple of things. First of all, some of the facts in the movie are correct because some of the things you're talking about, I remember seeing in the recreation of the uh, of the episode, and um, it, and it seems much larger than any observer like myself or anybody else at the time. It seems like a much larger area than any of us would anticipate. It's
8: airport. You know, airport, uh, the size of airport, its uh, runway is about uh, three and a half kilometers. It must be. But there was a Z uh, runway, a Z figure. We landed on the new runway, and then they continue driving with the Mercedes and two jeeps on the other side of uh, a connection, tarmac road. From the new runway to the old runway. As a matter of fact, the old terminal was a part of the military part. As, for instance, uh, Ben-Gurion airport, which is an international airport, but you got also, in the past, a military part. Mm-hmm. So many international airports divided between a civil part and inter- a military part. So in Entebbe, as a matter of fact, uh, the one who built the Entebbe airfield was Solel Bonet, who is Earlier.
0: Which was very helpful, right?
8: It was helpful because we got the the program of uh, the blueprints. Yeah. Well, yes, the the engineering program, but also we got 24 hours. Um, no, 24 hours before the operation, there was uh, another clandestine operation by a Mossad agent who arrived by light airplane and landed at daytime. I'm speaking about Friday. Uh, July 2nd. The operation uh, started night, July Saturday. 3rd, right. Shabbat, right. Saturday. Right. We took off from the military part of Ben-Gurion. But a day, on
2: Earlier. July 2nd, Friday, Yeah,
8: one Mossad agent landed on in Entebbe with a light airplane, Cessna, something like that. And he ran along the runway and did many pictures, ground pictures. Nobody ever on saw the it. cockpit. Nobody no, 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 Nobody interrupted. No, he got a uh, cause while landing but he did pictures many pictures and first time we got land pictures before the operation we flew from Ben Shabat Shabbat 11am we took off from Ben and then we landed in Sharm el-Sheikh about 12.30pm right. and then in Sharm el-Sheikh, last preparation last briefing taking over Ugandan uniform and black in the face and, and pep talk and then we got pictures, pictures or real time pictures. Not real time, not but like today, uh, but uh, uh, yeah. But uh, <laughs> but the, the much different right. from soldiers' point of view. Much different between engineer program ten years earlier, which is nothing, you know, it's a paper and some lines. But pictures, you see the terrain, you see uh, the cliffs, uh, you see the bush, you see the building, you see how it looked like it in, from the ground, because. You know, you fly 4,000 kilometers, we land in a pitch dark, in a place you've never been before, never been before. And then you need pinpoint navigation, arriving and, you know, on... Oh, okay. You need to be very accurate, without wasting one second. Yeah. And very well coordinated between the force. We did the preparation, of course, we did the Friday, July 2nd, we did exercise, all the forces on the ground... Coordinating, And you're uh, looking
0: at those last-minute photos on the plane, obviously, yes, yes, on the Hercules.
3: Was, yes, yes.
0: Major yes. General Daron Almog, uh, founder of the Al Negev Nahalat Iran, and he uh, was the first uh, IDF commander on uh, the runway at Entebbe. So what do we learn about preparedness from the Entebbe raid? What do I, we, what do we want, learn I, about being I prepared? I want to
8: shift from Entebbe to what we are doing here in south near the road not far away, Al Negev Nachalat Iran. Right. Bibi Netanyahu, our prime minister, visited Al a few years ago. At the end, and the, no, al Egev is, is about the most severely disabled people, disabled children in Israel, maybe in the, in the world. It's hard to see, but that's what we do. We give them the highest life standard and, and, and quality of life. And uh, when Bibi ended his visit to al Egev, he said, what can I do for you? I said, Prime Minister, I flew with your brother Yoni to Entebbe. Yoni gave his life for one reason, saving Jews that were kept as hostages one week from their life. One week, that's all. But here in Israel, we have people like my son, son, for instance, Iran, who passed away eight years ago, but uh, born with severe brain injury. We have here in Israel people who are hostages of our society, some from birth, some from accident, some from disease. We need to stretch end. We need to save them. We don't need Hercules. We don't need special units. We need compassion. We need our heart. And we need a social and tab operation. That's what we need to do for these people. And Alein is all about. He was moved and he continued assisting us um, many times. Uh, I think last time was the um, graduation of a new Israeli pilot here not far away in Hatserim Air Base. And the first time, Chief of Air Force, uh, Major General Amir Eshel, a friend of mine, sent 20, 40 uh, invitation for al to bring, first time, severely brain damage to sit just behind the stage uh, in, in this graduation ceremony of a new Israeli pilot. On the stage, four people, that's all. The Prime Minister, Minister of Defense, Chief of Staff, Chief of Air Force. Behind them, 20 brain damage children together with me and, uh, and the staff and a uh, caregiver, one on one.
2: Right.
8: And then the parents and then the audience. And after this ceremony was over, it was very moving ceremony. New pilots, you know, you see the F-
0: you only imagine,
8: F-16, yeah. F-15, <laughs> aerobatic and you know that the most Powerful ceremony that the, the IDF, the Israel Defense Force can produce. And the parents and so on. And then it's over and the Prime Minister came and bent on his knee, on his knees. You never seen, I can show you a picture here right now. The Prime Minister with a tie on his knees, like asking, uh, pardon from these children. The purest in our society, those Children and people never done wrong to anyone, the most righteous people, the purest on our planet. And uh, and he took some pictures. And later the chief of air force and the chief of staff Benny Gantz. That was very moving ceremony there on the same date at night, same night. Uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu wrote in his Facebook: Today I saw the most powerful event of the state of Israel from one side the graduation of new pilot and the top technology of the state of Israel and from the other side I saw the commitment to the weakest members in our society that's all. And, and, if, and, the, if, and he put some pictures, including this picture, that uh,
0: and as leadership has said before, the way we treat the weakest is an indication of the type of people we are. Absolutely, no question absolutely, about it. Um, why is this project so important in general to the southern part of Israel? Because the uh, there's now a partnership between
8: it's a partnership between the JNF and Alenegi Foundation. Right. It's negative. You know, the Ben Gurion, our first prime minister, vision was flourishing, making the desert bloom. Right. And uh, Negev in the state of Israel Is about 60% of the land Only 8% of our population Living in the desert Uh, We need to bring more people We need to populate the Negev We need to conquer the desert That's what Ben-Gurion said Ben-Gurion said If we do not conquer the desert The desert will conquer the state of Israel So it's about uh, bringing more people It's about a national effort which the Israeli government is doing right now. Three military big bases are shifted from the center of Israel to the south. About 30,000 soldiers, about 7,000 families moved from the center of Israel to the south. Our Prime Minister is speaking many times about Beersheba as the capital of the cyber. Why the cyber? Because the computer base of the IDF is moved from the center to Beersheba. Right. So we are going to enlarge... The Negev, Ale Negev, which started as a village for severely disabled children, but today giving rehabilitation, right now for about 4,000 people. Uh, ordinary people coming from all over, from Sderot, from mm-hmm. Be'er Fakim, Nativot, uh, all the Kibbutzim or If suddenly happen happened to a family member, broken leg, uh, accident, uh, whatever... They need hydrotherapy, physiotherapy, computer therapy. Also, uh, they arrive to Alenegovic. So Alenegovic is a center. We give right now uh, 230 jobs. And we're going to increase it in the next few years to about 1,000. We're going to build rehabilitation hospital. The GNF is a partner. The GNF with the same
0: vision. They're about, the desert. They're talking about a 25 million dollar hospital.
8: Yeah, uh, project for, desert, uh, for the uh, Negev area. Uh, 25, as a matter of fact, it's, it's more. Uh, 25. It's a matching deal. It's a matching with the government. Half of the money coming right. from the Israeli government. Al Negev, as a matter of fact, is based on a matching funding, funding. deal uh, formula between the state of Israel or the government of Israel and our foundation, Al Foundation. So we need donors. To bring half of the money and the government, so the government did the first uh, governmental decision just few months ago, giving the 36, the first 36 million shekel by matching. I need to bring, which is about 10 million dollars. I need to bring uh, with together with the JNFs and uh, Jews all over all over the world, not only in in the United States, but United States is the most powerful and wealthy community. So we call the JNF our partners. Come on, join us. Let's make it. It's about Negev. It's about bringing more people. It's about making the desert a better place for the state of Israel. And, what? of course, it's about expanding the health services right. for the whole community uh, of south of Israel.
0: It's going to have a major effect on this area, that's for sure. A, uh, an absolute honor to meet you and Thank to have you. you on today. Thank you so much.
8: Thank you very much.
0: Major General Doron Almog founder of the uh, Alei Negev Nahlat, Iran, and as you heard, uh, somebody who has a, a tremendous effect on what goes on in terms of the present and future of the Negev region and was the first IDF commander to land on the runway at the famous 1976 Operation Entebbe. I am begging every parent out there to please tell your children how significant it is that Major General Daron al was on JM and the AM this morning. I am asking you to please... Um, let them know just how significant it is, because uh, many of our children do not know about the uh, operation Tebby and how important historically the operation was. And we would hope, and we would really enjoy, if you would be able to tell your children all about it. All right, we have a we have a, another uh, guest with us live this time via telephone. I'm oh, sorry about that. We will get that guest live via telephone in a moment.
2: Voicemail.
0: Wanna take this opportunity, hang on with that, ZK. Sorry about that. Wanna take this opportunity to thank everybody who made today's show possible. The video is up at NahumSiegel.com. You can watch what's going on. And a big thank you to all of our listeners for the great success of our fundraising marathon last week. Over the last two weeks, in fact. A big shout out to Danny Goldberg who's taken care of our social media and really helped plan our visit here today. And I thank him for that. Really worked on today's lineup. A big thank you to our friends at the Inbal Hotel who are serving as our home base again as they always do and we're in the Holy City of Jerusalem, or when we're based there. A big thank you to our friends at Travel Cell, Josh Melman and company. They're going to be providing phones and Internet service for a lot of people as they head to Israel for Pesach, and uh, he is responsible for us being connected to the United States, and in this case, really being connected. It was his uh, miraculous backup system that got us a great secure line today. All right, uh, we have with us uh, live via telephone, Dorit Friedman of Nefesh Benefesh. Uh, Director of Strategic Partnerships for Nefesh. Dorit, welcome back to uh, JM and the AM. Thank
9: you for having me.
0: A pleasure. Nice to speak with you. Uh, we, of course, uh, just did a great show with Nefesh Benefesh from their big uh, Ali Omega Fair in uh, in New York City, and uh, a lot of our listeners are familiar with what's going on. I wanted to speak to you about two areas. Uh, this morning One is the Lone Soldier Program And the other the Physician Aliyah Program First explain to this audience Why the Lone Soldier Program Has been such a success With Nefesh B'Nefesh
9: Okay The Lone Soldier Program Started as uh, An organic idea To help individuals Who were making Aliyah yet, And were serving in the IDF For the full course of service Yet were completely alone in Israel Alone without family and uh, it's one thing to come to Israel alone, but it's unforgivable for a soldier to be lonely. So just as we were helping Olim in general with a very customized family approach to Aliyah, we were uh, approached uh, several years ago by an individual in California who called us up and said, I know what you do for Olim in general. There are several boys from my neighborhood who are coming to Israel to serve in the IDF in combat units, and they have nobody in Israel. Could you help them? <laughs> and at the time, we sat, as my husband was a lone soldier in the first Lebanon war, and I sat with him and I said, how would you build something that would be the most wonderful um, answer for a soldier who's coming to serve by himself? So he said, first of all, you know, when soldiers get out on Thursday nights, Israeli soldiers, they go back to be with their families, to be with their girlfriends. The lone soldier has to look for a laundromat. Often, Shabbatot, they're alone. Um, they're tkasim, they army ceremonies. Many of these lone soldiers actually um, get distinctions um, for, for their heroic acts or their outstanding soldiers in their units. And then people do not come to their ceremonies. So it's very lonely. Here comes the Israeli families with their food and the festivities and whatnot and the soldiers by himself. So we set up a program that would dedicate whatever we can to help the soldier from the moment when even before they entered service till when they, after they were released. And for that we started out with sending packages and arranging for buddy families for those soldiers that want it. And we do social events. So then when soldiers get out on Thursday nights, they have events that they don't have to look for other ways to connect. The events are there for them. We uh, we create programs around Hagim, um And anything that a soldier would want, we're there for them. We send them SMSs. We created a department that's made up of former lone soldiers themselves. And this program was addressing... Um, 350 to 400 North American and British, um Hayalim Bodadim Olim, Lone Soldier Olim, every single year. Well, this, the quality of the program, um, caught the attention of, uh, the IDF. And they came to, the, to our offices, and they checked us out, and we are audited from the Israeli government, from the U.S. government, and there's a tremendous amount of accountability, which they really like. And they looked at us, and they checked us out, and they said, we want you to do this for all lone soldiers from around the world. You know, it's one thing for the American and the North American soldier to get this type of service, but the IDS is all about equality of service. And we want the soldiers from Moldova, from Ukraine. From South Africa, from Guatemala to get the same love and attention that you give. And now our program has jumped to caring for between 900 to 1,000 new IDF soldier olim every single year that hail from 62 countries from around the world.
0: And as that number goes up, you're prepared to do even more, right?
9: <laughs> we are prepared to do even more. And, and to that effect, we've also arranged that we hired a multilingual, multicultural staff. We have Former lone soldiers who were from the Ukraine, from Russia, from France, from South America, and of course, from English speaking countries, because it's not just that you have to be able to give them what they need. You have to understand where they're coming from.
0: Uh, Dorit Friedman is with us, Nevesh Benefesh, of course, JNF and Nefesh Benefesh are nation-building together. we focused on how uh, the two organizations uh, work on so many different things together. We are uh, asking you, uh, in addition to the Lone Soldier Program, about the Physician Aliyah Program, because this is really, uh, and it's funny how much of today's conversation already has been about medicine, hospitals, etc., and uh, medical programs. Uh, your goal is to bring physicians to every area of Israel, north and south.
9: Well, let me even backtrack before that. Let me just tell you that probably something that's an unusual thing to say is that a Jewish country is actually experiencing a shortage of doctors. <laughs> Who would
2: right? believe it? Huh? This, this
9: is something you can't believe. So the situation went in waves. In the 50s, there were too many physicians. Right. And there were physicians that could not find jobs in Israel. Well, now, after a million, uh, the aliyah of a million um you know, individuals from the former Soviet Union and 100,000 of them were infused into the medical system, those doctors are now retiring and they're moving on. Israel does not have a sufficient number of medical schools to produce the number of graduates to attend to the growing needs of the population. And so there are certain specialties which are actually acutely shorted. And we are looking to try to change that. You know, in the 13,000 years, 13 years that we've been around, we've brought 43,000 individuals to Israel. And just like the Lone Soldier Program grew out of an an organic national need, so too did the Physician Aliyah Fellowship. Um, We have very close connections with the Ministry of Health, and we are in the Knesset all the time, uh, whispering in lawmakers' ears try to make the situation better, and we have a very healthy relationship with them. They turned to us and they said, "We perhaps you can partner with us to help us infuse into the Israeli medical system qualified, trained, and skilled physicians. In 2009, all of Israel's medical schools at the time, four of them, produced 400 graduating um, med students. In our 10 years of working in this program, we have brought over 400 skilled, trained physicians, many of them specialists already to Israel. And like you said, we're looking to attend to specific national needs. They can be found in almost every hospital, in almost every clinic across the country and in the IDS Medical Corps. And we are specifically looking to send physicians to the frontier communities in the Galil and in the Negev. You bring one doctor to the south, you are transforming the area one anesthesiologist, one neonatologist, you are transforming the whole area. The Arava does not have an OBGYN. So you can just imagine that the impact of an individual who decides to say, I'm going to come to Israel to build my life, wow, what an impact I can
0: have. Unbelievable. Uh, you guys are doing tremendous work. It seems no matter who you call for, in this case the physicians, no matter who you call for, they're always there to answer, and in the hundreds they've answered in this case. Kolakavod, uh, it's amazing the work you're doing. Uh, our best to everybody at Nefesh Benefesh and continued success with all these
9: types Thank of you. programs. Can I just say one thing? Certainly. The, the relationship between j Jewish National Fund, and Nefesh Benefesh is absolutely natural. Jewish National Fund has been the caretaker of the homeland for the past 113 years. And they have helped build this country into the thriving country that it is. And now partnering with Nefesh Ben Nefesh to infuse skilled, talented, idealistic uh, individuals to build these communities is what it's all about. And we together are owning our destiny.
0: Dorit, well said. Thank you so much for joining us today.
9: Thank you so much for having
0: me. There she is.
9: Chag, Sameach.
0: Chag Sameach, and thank you very, very much. Dorit um, uh, Friedman of Nefesh Benefesh with some important words about some really important programs that are going on with Nefesh Benefesh and JNF. Much appreciated. Well, we're going to wrap up this half hour with Amit Cohen. Young leadership of Baichan. How many of us have visited Baichan? How many of us know people up in the Baichan area? But believe it or not, uh, people in Baichan, as they grow older, did not always want to stay in the Baichan area. And the uh, JNF... And people like the young leadership of Beit Jan and the leadership of Amit Cohen are trying to change that. Amit, welcome to JM in the AM. Welcome. It's my first time on radio. So so far you're doing very well, I must <laughs> say. <laughs> Start, starting off very nicely. Uh, so explain the situation. People grow up in Beit or the surrounding areas. Until now, they were not always anxious to stay there. And you
10: describe our major problem. Basically, I came here all the way from Bet right. in order to explain and to emphasize you how our dream has become a reality, Tends to, first of all, to JNF wow. and our mayor. And I mean that um, one and a half years ago, our group, was our group, Young Adult Group, it's in, in Hebrew, it's like Tzair Ba'ir, yeah. was established as a, as a result of a meeting between our mayor and JNF representative. And um they want to examine why um, why there is a process of brain drain in Bechian. A process of uh, talented young adults um, residents that don't consider Bechian as a place to live in, as a place to raise children and a family.
11: Right.
10: And I'm talking about most of the residents don't consider She'an as a place. And we asked ourselves after several meetings between our core group members, why? Why nobody thinks Bet is a place to, to live in? And uh, we traveled all around Israel. We met uh, young adult groups from Fula, from Tiberias, Dimona, Natsrat Elit, And we heard lectures from professors about the consequences of what we want to build in Bet And we realized after we succeeded to formulate our vision to improve the quality of life in Bet but in order to improve the quality of life, we need to give a basket of services, a meaningful tools for the young adults in order to keep him in Beit She'an. Right. And our dream is to build a young adult center that uh, will be a comprehensive platform for the needs of young adults aged 18 to 40. And our target population is uh, actually when the young adult reach to the age of 18 is going to the army then he had three, two or three years, then he, he hesitated and decided what it's going to do with his life. Right. After it, he became a student, and after it, he became a young parent. And especially in Betian, the average age of wedding is 24. Mm. So we need to take it in a, um, So we think that in order to keep this young adult in Bechian we need to give him those meaningful tools. And what do I mean? What it includes? First of all, we want this center uh, contain... An enrichment and enrichment center and a learning center for students. Like, so a place that they can prepare for the test. A place that young adults can meet sharing ideas. Like a hard place that can create a networking. We don't have it in Bechian right now. Second thing that we want is social cinema club. Because the nearest one located in Haifa. It's like 100. 100- That's the closest? The normal nearest one, and wow. it's 100 kilometers from Betian. And wow. you think about that, a family needs to take a day off <laughs> sure. from work to only, uh, to like to see a movie. And we don't want them to spend a lot of money on gas and tickets. We want them down the road here in our uh, young adult center. And we had a lot of ideas of um, like a coffee shop because in the long term we want to be economical independent, and we don't want to rely just on donations. And social involvement, because we we need to find a way to strengthen the connection with the community. And we did it uh, in the last uh, one and a half years. Our big success is like um, half years ago, for the first time, um, we were able to produce an opening academic event for students. And uh, we did it in restricted uh, resources and minimum budget. And we think that it was a big success. More than 250 students came to this event. We explained to them about uh, how meaningful this young adult can be for their lives. And we want to keep them in Bechean.
0: So they're interested, they just have to realize that there's some future there.
10: Yeah, and what is amazing about it, that we were exposed for data about Beit She'an um, for last year. And it's amazing because Beit um like we were exposed for data about um, apartments, new purchased apartment in two thousand fourteen and right. Bechyan located the last in the list and also in second end apartment. And what is absurd about that is Bechan is almost the cheapest place to buy an apartment. So <laughs> why if Bechan is almost the cheapest place to buy an apartment why nobody is buying?
0: Of course they should be.
10: And we realize that it's not all about the money. We need to give a meaningful tools to the young adults to enrich his social life. And we think that we have a rail station next year. Oh. Yeah. There you go. And we have tax incentives for workers. And, uh, and if, also the cheapest place, and if we will give those, these young adults the meaningful tools, we think that we can make them stay in Bechian. We can make them things once again.
0: Amit Cohen, Young Leadership of Beit She'an. Maybe there's somebody listening today who wants to fund a project in Beit She'an. It sounds like you're very sincere in your effort and that you're making a lot of progress up there.
10: Yeah, and I want to, t- I want to say thanks to all our group. We are comprising 14 members. We are a volunteer group. All of us are, uh, are residents of Beit She'an. And all of what we have done in the last one in Health is because we love Beit She'an, we care about our city, and we want to
0: change this reality that we are facing right now. Thank you so much. A pleasure meeting you today. Thank you. Amit Cohen here at JM and the AM. So far a very interesting program as we continue from Stay Road. We're in the uh, indoor children's playground here in Stay Road, courtesy of our friends at JNF. Uh, we'll, of course, dedicate our by Goldwasser's words to the uh, memory of those uh, members of the Sassoon family who perished over Shabbat. That funeral takes place here in Yerushalayim at 3.30 this afternoon. And, of course, so many of our thoughts are with the friends and relatives of the Satsun family after this terrible tragedy. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We learn in the Talmud and Brochus, Abba
6: Binyamin says that if two people come into Shul to Davin, and one finishes first and leaves without waiting for the other one, then the Talmud tells us, Taraf, his tefillah is ripped up. The B'nishchai comments that in ancient times, many shuls were located in isolated areas. If an individual would leave his fellow Jew alone, he would be placing him into danger. Therefore, if two people entered a shul, and one left without waiting for the other to finish his tfilas, then his prayers are ripped up. What is the idea that the tefillah ripped up? Why isn't it merely discarded or pushed away? There is a lesson to be learned. The letters of the word Taraf, which means to rip, are the same as the letters for the word Peret, which means an individual grape. A Peret is a single grape that has been cut from the vine, as opposed to being part of a cluster of grapes. B'nai Yisrael are compared to a cluster of grapes because all of Klau Yisrael are linked together. Like it says in Shirashirim, we are compared to clusters. The people of the nations of the world, though, are separate. They are compared to individual grapes. When a Jew is in danger, fellow Jews also feel the danger and will never leave him. If one does abandon his brother, then the person shows that he sees himself only as a peret, just a sole grape who is apart and separated from the vine. During these times, each of us in Klal Yisrael knows that we are a part of the cluster. Our hearts and our tevilas go out to our brothers and sisters in Sterot, an Israeli border city located less than a mile from Gaza. It has really borne the brunt of the rocket attacks since the beginning of the year 2000. To date, official records indicate "...that over 4,048 rockets and 4,040 mortars have been fired against Steyrot in the western Negev. It is especially poignant at this very moment that eloquent spokesman for Klal Yisrael, Nachum Sigel, is in Steyrot. We know that his presence there is a source of great inspiration and encouragement for our brothers and sisters who face such a difficult situation daily." Acheinu Bnei Yisrael around the world stand in support of the brave and heroic Jews of Sterot. Nachum is a shliach tzibor for all of us. With him, he brings the Tfilos, the heartfelt wishes from Jews throughout the world, for success and victory. May we soon see in the days that are spoken of in Yeshayahu Anavi, Avlo Yisogoi Goy Cherev, Velo Du Oid Milchama when nation will no longer lift up sword against nation, nor learn the art of war anymore. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you Morning Chizik. May we hear of the
0: Surah about all of Klau Yisrael. Thank you very much, Rabbi Golwas, and as we said, we dedicated Rabbi Golwas' words this morning to those victims of the terrible tragedy in Brooklyn, the Sassoon family. That funeral takes place on Haram those funerals, I should say, at 3.30 this afternoon. We're in Israel, as we promised last week during our fundraiser. We continue to strengthen the bond between our audience and the state of Israel and our friends at JNF. And I want to thank Russell Robinson, Jody Bodner. Shaha Hermelin, everybody who's been so uh, instrumental in getting this uh, radio show put together here on a Monday in Stay Road at the JNF Indoor Playground uh, in Stay Road. I want to thank everybody. Moshe Geffen is with us. Moshe Geffen is an olef from Boston, Massachusetts. He's a firefighter in Ashkelon, Israel. Many of you are, are familiar with uh, the practice of donating equipment and donating funds for equipment for different uh, Israeli rescue services. And we're very good at that in many areas. But sometimes in this area, we need to um, uh, address the issue of aging fleets of trucks and inadequate equipment, which makes the firefighter's job even more difficult here in Israel. Many of you are uh, not aware of the fact that uh, the equipment has to be state-of-the-art and up-to-date, and all donations, of course, are welcome. Um, for that uh, for that effort. Moshe Geffen, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you for having me here. Nice to speak welcome you. Welcome to Sderot. I appreciate that. Are you, are you familiar with how much snow there was in Boston this winter?
12: I've heard about it. I've I spoke to my family there. heard what went on in New York. Ashkelon I had say, more
0: snow than Boston or less snow than Boston? I
12: say thank you. I live in Israel. I hate <laughs> snow. <laughs> it is too cold for me. It is not for us firefighters. But no. you didn't
0: answer my question. Was there even a centimeter of snow in Ashkelon this yes. winter? Yes. There was?
12: I, I uh, work usually in Uh, And Ashkel and I worked, and we had major winds there, a little bit of snow. I wouldn't even give it an inch, but uh, it was cold. It was cold, and we went flying off, blowing off buildings. We couldn't use our crane. (laughs) But uh, we worked hard those couple of days. Uh, Yes, well, in Boston it was a few months.
0: Anyway, uh, thank goodness it's melting (laughs) everywhere at this point. This is one of the uh, – and I say it this way because – I hope this is not taken the wrong way. When it comes to certain types of emergency equipment, it seems that World Jury is very good at providing it and funding it for Israel. But when it comes to other types, sometimes it's forgotten. And when it comes, I believe, to fire equipment, firefighting equipment, sometimes we're a bit neglectful, and we don't realize how it has to be kept up to date and
12: state-of-the-art. It has to be at the top of the line. Um, I'll give you an example Uh Right after the Carmel fire, right. uh, the JNF uh, asked if I could fly to the States uh, since I uh, speak uh, a good English right. and help raise monies for the fire department. Uh, I came back to Israel and uh, helped uh, arranging a couple of trucks. And uh, We're not talking about the small pumpers. We're talking about uh, large, uh, regular American pumper trucks. And One of the trucks came to a city I was working in at the time, Kirat Malachi. Now, part of the new equipment that came in, now that's something that's standard in all trucks in Israel, is part of our breathing unit, we have a mask. We have our own personal mask, and we have one for the person we have to rescue. Something that we didn't have too many in Israel. Basic equipment, for instance, in the U.S. Exactly. And a week after this truck uh, came in, uh, the truck was donated by Dr. Viterbi from California. A week after the truck came in, my uh, friend had a, a fire. Now... We're not only short on equipment, we're also short on manpower. At the time, the city of uh, Sderot, or the city of Kirat Malachi, there were two firefighters on shift. Try and imagine a a fire, a four-story building, and you're two firefighters. you got to do all the jobs that uh, in the States now with uh, the fire of the Sasson family. Uh, Let me just tell you, we heard about Emoté Shabbos, and... The, there was nothing else, but all firefighters were at the screen looking at pictures that were on YouTube and right. uh, on the different uh, broadcast.
0: The news channels. The
12: news channels. And the thing that's going through our head is that little prayer that goes through every firefighter's head when he goes into a burning house. It's nothing to do with his safety. Uh, I have on the inside of my helmet, uh, I was thinking the whole time, what can I put in there? And one of the things I put inside is, Anna, Shema That's... What goes through every firefighter's head is, let me, if there's someone trapped in there, let me get to him faster. Let me get him out fast. And I can only imagine what those firefighters went through. Mm. But on that fire, fi- fire, there, there were, the Israeli media said there were a hundred firefighters working. Right. The same type Correct. of fire, first 20 minutes would be two to three firefighters in Israel. Right. And go back to what happened with the Verturbi truck. Uh, a week after the truck came in, we are learning stole the equipment. It's a touchscreen pump in the back. Alright, all high tech and we're Different learning than it. what you were used to. Exactly. I'll soon get to the truck we used to have beforehand. And they go in and they rescued three children and four adults. There was a fire in one of the electric boxes in the building and the thick smoke went up. The firefighters didn't see a thing. But because that they had these masks, they got to rescue these, the kids.
2: Right.
12: Now they said they went to the apartment. The apartment is just as full of smoke as anything else. Now there's two firefighters. They're running up and down the steps. They did not take out a drop of water until they got everyone out. And at that point, they had already changed their air balloons. They saved because of the new equipment. This is, I'm talking about right away, within a week. Right. You're already saving people. Right. And this is the truck I know about. Right. I can't tell you about all the rest of the trucks, but right. you can imagine.
0: And all over Israel, obviously, these are needed.
12: Yes, yes, yes. Uh, it's equipment that's the top of the line. If it's, uh, for example... Uh One of the women working for JNF uh is Yael. She arranged uh donations for equipment for volunteers, for teenage volunteers. And uh, these volunteers turn later on into firefighters. The station I'm working right now, there are two firefighters who used to be volunteers before. Well, where are you based? In I'm Kyrgyz based in Tretgat, but I belong to the Ashkelon region, which right. means... You could be anywhere if something happens. Sderot is one place they always send me. Right. Uh, during battle, alright, all operations, I was based in this, uh, city here. Uh, the excuse I give my officers, if I, is I have the experience from Gush Katif.
2: Huh. I was
12: bombed there, let me keep on being bombed here. My wife doesn't agree with that, but, uh. <laughs> they accept your strategy. <laughs> if they, uh, if they're always looking for someone to volunteer for something stupid. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but most firefighters, Will be always on the first line doing these things. Right. Uh, just that most live in Ashkelon and they want to be closer families if something happens there.
0: So if you did this in the United States, it's obvious that our listeners or anybody who's in the U.S. or anywhere around the world could do the same thing. I mean, you're essentially raising money to keep the equipment in every firehouse in Israel as advanced as possible. Simple as that. And if someone yes. wants
12: to donate for that purpose, let me tell you about. Could... I told you before. I'll tell you about the truck I used to have right. before this, yeah, the yeah. Turby truck. What was okay? that like? It was we, a Mercedes, first used, of all. We used to see it
0: in silent movies, maybe?
12: Oh, uh, close. Uh, first of all, it was a Mercedes, just from the year of 83, 84. Hmm, more advanced than that. Yeah. Let me just ask you a quick question. What type of car do you drive? I drive a Honda Odyssey. Horsepower? Oh, I have no idea. Over 130? I have no clue. Alright, more than 130, because usually, for example, all the electric cars. Hang on a moment. ZK?
0: Over 130? It's gotta be, right? Yeah. Alright, okay.
12: this truck had 130 horsepower. <laughs> it was
0: actually okay? like a supp- car. And
12: <laughs> it's supposed to drive three tons of water, not including equipment. And men. And what well, men? We remember two firefighters. <laughs> right. Two firefighters. <laughs> okay. Uh, the joke about it is that it had an air conditioning system. It was called a 2x44. 45. Two windows, 45 miles per hour.
2: <laughs>
12: okay. This was a truck we had to drive. To- You're laughing, but now try and think about a- running to a car Thank accident, cars. and everyone is passing us. Of course. All right. Uh, we were ashamed to turn on yeah, a it's siren. A,
0: it's a ride. <laughs>
12: We'd get there faster. Okay. Uh, these new trucks save lives on a daily basis. All right. Uh, during the operations here in Israel, if it was a tsuketan tsuka, right. excuse me for translating that to English. There's a limit how good my English it's is. It's fine. Uh, what
0: did we have? Cast lead and uh, what do we call the most what that one? What was the
12: other one? I, I forgot already.
0: What was the last summer?
12: I like the missile, the rocket system, uh, the cast iron yamaka.
0: And. Uh, operative operative edge. Protective Edge. Protective Edge. edge. They Protective called it
12: edge. all right. Oh, no, no. I, 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 I like more the the name of the Kipat Barzell, Iron Yamak. That was a good one. Yeah, that yes. was a good one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and also, oherens dilot The two trucks that are here are JNF trucks, and they run from call to call, saving lives again because of the top of the line equipment that is on them. It's like equipment that before they could only dream of in that. Mm-hmm. In a way, uh, one of the times I flew to the States, uh, the first time I flew with Ariel Cutler, and, uh, he arranged for me a couple hours in r- the Rescue 2 uh, teams of, uh, uh FDNY. It?
0: Oh, in New York? Yeah.
12: Oh, those guys are, they're amazing. They know this. They're one. amazing. Swear like sailors, but they're great people. All right. And they, I see the equipment they're using, and I, comparing it to what I have now, that's good stuff. Right. But again, not all trucks are that way. Alright, all right, we're still, some of the, the newer trucks, are the are, have the new equipment. The older trucks were still stuck a century behind. Alright, when it comes to ladders, every ladder, it's, they're very expensive and buildings, uh, the prices of, uh, apartments in Israel isn't cheap, so everyone builds high. Kiret Gat, for example, we have five buildings with 14 floors and we don't have a ladder in the building. Alright? Which means we all have to keep in shape running up steps. I but, now this is full gear, and you have to hope the elevator works. You
0: know what one of the problems is with the, the PR in this, in this area? Is that Americans or other people around the world never look to Israel as a big firefighting place. You know, whether it's the stone of Jerusalem, or whether, you know, the, the, the way buildings are built here, or the impression that, you know, firefighters are in their firehouse and barely ever have to come out, and yet they can sleep in their pajamas, that type of thing. That's so, always been the impression here. And, okay. and you're telling us this is not true no, at all. No, it's no, exactly no it's the not opposite. it's
12: uh, Firefighters in Israel, first of all, you have to remember that 80% of people that are injured in fires is from smoke. Right. So it doesn't matter if your house is made of stone or wood. Right. The first... Respond has to be to smoke, and you got to save the person's. life. And you have to save the person's life. Two weeks ago, I had a fire in Kirat Mal in Kirat Gat. Same story, like with the verturi truck. Just that my partner, that was with me, did not have the mask on his breathing unit, and he did something that someone called stupid, someone called brave. He took off his mask and gave it to to save the person, the adult that was running down with him the steps. All right, he's back to work, thank God. All right, but on one hand, you have the parents the person that that he saved, giving him big hug and thanking him. And then you have the officers, which are right. What did you do? You risked yourself here. Okay, I was running up and down the steps, and I see that we lost one manpower off the manpower. Remember how many people I told you we are on shift? Mm -hmm. We are three people on shift that night. Okay, So it's also manpower. It's equipment. But we're working our best to do better. Moshe Geffen, he's from Boston, Massachusetts, a firefighter in Ashkelon,
0: Kiryat Gatz. They rode to many other areas of this area of Israel, this neighborhood of Israel. Uh, it's interesting that we're having this conversation uh, just after the the news that you spoke about, which uh, really affected the collective Jewish heart around the world, this Sassoon tragedy, and maybe... Who knows, maybe there's somebody out there who would actually dedicate fire, uh, fighting equipment to their memory to Israel it would be an amazing, and they used to live in Israel, by the way. The cool. families, this assumed yes, family is yes. from Israel. Yes.
12: And, uh, that, that would be quite so if a gesture. You don't mind, I just want yes, to add please. something uh, quick. Um, while I was in the States, one of the things I told people there, I would end, uh, my, uh, spiel with, uh, last, uh, couple of words is saying, usually when someone comes to you with a, a business offer, He's offering you, you give X amount, you get X amount. An I said, exactly. Right. I'm also, I was also offering an investment, <laughs> but just that mind, you don't see a dime back, but they do, uh, they are part of us in saving lives. When we go into the fire, it's with their equipment. It's with equipment that they helped us, uh, help us use. And by us having that equipment, we could save more lives. And I would really want to thank from here everyone that helped us until now.
0: You just described why it's such a good investment.
12: Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, we earn... Uh, and you want husband, people
0: to keep investing.
12: <laughs> yes. Uh, you know what? No. I want I want all the credit for myself. I'm telling you straight out, I want all the credit for myself. But since it won't happen without help, so yes, I have to ask for uh, partners. <laughs> uh, and uh, the people of JNF are just amazing. Uh, if it's uh, from Russell that... Gives you the best feeling in the world and helps you out any way possible. If it's Ariel, that it was always there. Okay. And uh, Yael, Alon from Israel also, all these people from JNF do an amazing job helping out not only uh, the firefighters but everyone else. Now I want to take them from here,
0: call, uh, and we thank them as well. Kol you. Thank you so much. Pleasure. My meeting pleasure. You. Pleasure meeting you. Moshe Geffen, everybody. He's a firefighter in this region of Israel and uh, has great praise for the JNF, and as you heard, for very good reason. Uh, watch our video right now live at MalcolmSiegel.com. We continue with more from Israel right here on a Monday at JM in the AM.
1: De meska kheh
0: Before 8 o'clock on a Monday morning, and we are live in Stay Road at the JNF Indoor Children's Playground, which has uh, shelters attached to it. It's a pretty amazing facility, frankly, built by JNF to uh, help uh, with the situation here in Stay Road because they always seem to be, uh, when the rockets fall, it always seems to be Stay Road first and most often, as we know from past experience here. Um uh, Yoel Rosby is here. Yoel is uh liaison for the JNF Ammunition Hill Project. Ammunition Hill, of course, is another thing that parents out there could discuss with their children, just like Entebbe. Ammunition Hill uh, was featured prominently in the Six-Day War, became the historic site of the battle for the reunification of Jerusalem. JNF, along with the municipality of Jerusalem and the government of Israel, is assisting in the development and renovation of the Ammunition Hill Memorial site. And there's a lot of stuff going on there. Yoel Rosby, welcome to JM in the AM.
3: Hi, thanks. Great to be here.
0: Let's start. uh Before we talk about the historical aspect, let's keep in mind that a week from now, a lot of people are going to be landing in Israel, a lot of our listeners, to spend Pesach here. What can they do at Ammunition Hill? During Cholamoy, then we'll go back a little bit to the history of the area.
3: Right. Well, uh, to talk a little bit upon that is the fact is is Ammunition Hill is after all a memorial site. We talk about the reunification of Jerusalem, the fact that you came to the Mamilla Mall and there was uh, barbed wire over there. You couldn't pass. Imagine going down Broadway and right before Times Square, you can't pass. You have to stamp your passport. And we're still talking about that, but we want to keep it relevant. We want to keep it alive. We want to keep kids not just going to another museum. So we have guides going going through the trenches, talking to the kids, and then we fit them with laser tag gear. And we say, you know what? You're the Jordanians, and you're the IDF side, and I want you guys to come and start working through the trenches. And then they have a great time and they enjoy, but most of all, they open up to listen. We bring them down afterwards. We talk to them. We say, you know how it felt when you were coming around that corner and you were scared you were going to get, you know, shot by the other side. And they're saying, yeah, it was a little scary. Well, so that's... it's a
0: real combination of history and modern day activity. Yeah. And by the way, when you have a large family visiting, who gets to be the Jordanians and who gets to be the Israelis? Just uh, out of
3: curiosity. I, I leave. That, I leave that to the parents how to decide over how there. Do, eh? How do they choose
0: up sides? I'd like to know.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm usually, for some reason, I play, I'm always on the Jordanian side <laughs> with them. But really uh, uh, what am I going to do?
0: Imagine that. All right. So now, how do people get information about joining you on Colomoy? Uh,
3: so we that? are on Facebook, Ammunition Hill Memorial site on Facebook. We also have our website, www.g-slash. I L okay. but mainly Facebook, Ammunition Hill Memorial site, everything they search is there.
0: It, they'll find it online find simple, it. As simple as that. All right. Uh, some of the things and projects that are uh, part of the Ammunition Hill, Ammunition Hill uh, project, the Wall of Honor, uh, plaques honoring uh, or memorializing people who serve or have served in the military, of any country. What does that mean?
3: Ah, that's a very interesting project. It was a vision of Russell Robinson, the CEO of Jewish National Funds. Basically, the story of Ammunition Hill is a story of heroes. It's a story of values. And there's a common denominator all over the world. A Jewish combatants that fought for their respective homelands mm-hmm. and that's that they fought as Jewish combatants so ammunition Hill being a symbol of those values is a place that any Jewish combatant that fought from the Indian Army to the US Marines uh, to the Royal Jordania to the Royal Canadian Air Force I'm sorry uh, can honor his loved one or himself or any honoree it's a wall of uh, honor not a memorial wall a right. lot of live honorees there that are on the wall that can honor their service as a Jewish combatant in their respective homeland very interesting point
0: because yeah. uh, not every one had the privilege. Not every one who wanted to be a soldier had the privilege of being a soldier for the Israel Defense Forces. Right. Both
3: my grandparents were in the U.S. Army in the World War II time, and uh, it's something very, very special. It's a project very close to my heart for that reason, because when they fought, they fought overall as Jewish combatants.
0: There will be a Commemoration Memorial Hall in addition to that, right? Yes,
3: yes, there will be. Uh, it's opening Jerusalem Day, May 17th. Uh, this 100th, year? This year. This year and a few, uh, few short weeks. And uh, that will
0: include the name of every... Of who of, uh,
3: the 182 IDF soldiers that fell in the reunification of Jerusalem. All you right. know, when David Amelech came to Jerusalem, he had a bigger idea than getting a good iced coffee in Mamilla Mall, <laughs> having a, a hotel named after him. You know what I mean? And, uh, and
0: one for his son. And one for his.
3: And what we're trying to do is uh, is show everyone that comes to Jerusalem. It's a short light rail drive or a five minute drive from the old city. You should see what it means to be there. What it means to walk through and not just see Gap and Aroma, but rather that you see how we got here. Forty seven short years ago and how there's no barbed wire anymore. And the Jordanian bunker, what's that all about? Ah, the Jordanian bunker. It is a phenomenal story. It's unbelievable against all odds. We still studied in commander school on IDF reservist. We still study that exact battle till today. We don't understand it. Uh, there was a Qadosh who really had a hand there. That's all I can say. But the fact is, is that uh, it's in the movie. You're going to come to ammunition, you're going to hear it. But it's an unbelievable story of how... To get two soldiers that didn't speak a word of anything but Hebrew got in and got through the over 16 Jordanians that were uh, barricaded in that bunker. Unbelievable. It's in the movie. You're going to come. You're going to see it in it's a great time. I really invite
0: everyone. Ammunition Hill, the I guess we can call it the centerpiece of the battle for Jerusalem. It right? is.
3: It is. And uh, it is, uh, cont- and it
0: continues to uh, be a project that cont- it sounds like it continues to expand. You're adding more, both on the fun side and the historical side, right? Right. Uh, for people to enjoy and for people to learn about, and it's uh, all, of course, with JNF and um, information about spending part of your holomoid Pesach at Ammunition Hill and some of their fun activities. You can go to their Facebook page. You can go to the Facebook page, Ammunition Hill. You can search for it. And you'll find there all the activities that will be uh, offered during uh, this coming kolomai, just a couple of weeks from now. I thank you very much for being here today. Yeah,
3: thank you very much. Thank you. And uh v'sameh.
0: Yoel Rosby they will be seeing everybody, all of our American friends at Ammunition Hill, this whole it. of boys. It's Looking America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Around the world on the web, it's O R G, normally broadcasting from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Today we're in Stay Road at the Indoor Children's Playground, which has... Um, Shelters attached to it, uh, for the children and adults who might be here during a, uh, a rocket attack. We know, of course, uh, this past summer when we were here, there were many of those. Thank God it's been relatively quiet recently, Baruch Hashem. So everybody out there hopefully is, uh, paying careful attention this morning and learning about some of the projects that the JNF is involved with, including this one where we sit today. I uh, also wanted to thank some of the people responsible for today's broadcast. A big thank you to uh, Jody Bodner and Sha Hermelin, uh, Russell Robinson, the CEO of JNF, to our very own Danny Goldberg for keeping track of things over the last couple of weeks and, of course, today as well. A big shout-out to Josh Melman and our friends at Travel Cell, who I am told are responsible for us uh, being able to... Uh, uh, finally broadcast uh, today and to make the connection that we needed in order to speak to you today from stay Rote. so a big thank you to um uh, to josh and everybody at travel cell you can uh, go to travel cells website to check out what you need and uh and get what you need for the upcoming uh a trip to israel that you might have scheduled uh, for Pesach, I want to thank everybody at the Inbal Hotel, our home base in Jerusalem. Whenever we come here to Israel, a big thank you to Stan in our studio, to ZK and PC Guy who are on the spot with us here. PC Guy is available to you at thepcguy.co.il. Thepcguy.co.il. And a reminder that the Israel show with Mayor Weingarten, including all of the election coverage and explaining how the polls got it wrong and all that other stuff, is coming up with Mayor starting at nine o'clock this morning. Right after JMNAM, tune into the Israel Show Live on jmnam.org and, and where you can see the video right now in NahumSiegel.com. Simple as that. Yadidya Harush is with us. Yadidya is the JNF Chalutza liaison located in northwest Negev on Israel's borders with Egypt and Gaza. Chalutza was founded in 2005 by a group of families evacuated by the Gush Katif communities of Atzmona and Nitzarim during the disengagement from Gaza. Yedidya Harush, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you so much. A pleasure. Shalom. What Hello. was it? I assume you were you part of that group that was thrown out of Gush Katif. Correct. And you were living in what city then?
4: Um, the community of Atzmona.
0: In Atzmona. What was it like the last few days there?
4: Uh, good question. It wasn't. It wasn't so easy. It wasn't good. Um, it felt like uh, we're being in a dream and uh, not reality. And especially after having to leave, after uh, so many years, our community and our home, uh, especially in such a place where we were fighting against the terror all these years, it wasn't so easy. How old
0: were you then, if I may ask?
4: Um, it was my 17th birthday. Huh. It's uh, What it a way to pay. celebrate, huh? Yeah, yeah.
0: Now, at that time, I would guess that every family that was thrown out of Gush Katif... Had to make a decision if they were either going to, I don't know, uh, you know, be sad and depressed (laughs) or try to, you know, build things in a different area of Israel. Obviously, we know what your decision was because it sounds like immediately you and others like you went ahead and decided to build another area of Israel.
4: So, right after the disengagement, we say after we got out of those gates of Gush Katif, the people had the decision to make, like you mentioned. And, uh, some took the negative side. Some cho- chose not to be part of uh, this country. And uh, some chose to go to hotels and cry for five or six months. And, uh, we chose to see ourselves, uh, moving and building as soon as uh, possible. And uh, like they say in JNF, we decided to turn the page. And in
0: what area of Israel? Describe to our listeners. I know it's near Gaza, near okay. Egypt, but where, where is it's it exactly? It's the
4: triangle border near Egypt and Gaza. If you look down on the map of Israel, right below the Gaza Strip, where the Egyptian and the Gaza border meet and the Israeli border. So,
0: so you're how many, into, how many miles or kilometers from Gaza?
4: From Gaza, I would say we are uh, about uh, three miles. From Egypt, we're less than a mile. And how large is the com- Less than a quarter of a mile.
0: And how large is the community now?
4: We started off with 30 families uh, back in 2005, and uh, the government uh, didn't give us much hope. <laughs> we had uh, two preconditions with the government. One was uh, that uh, it would, would not be just a refugee camp for people from Gush Katif. We had a vision when we went there. It wasn't just building Israel. It was building an area and the second uh, was that it's not going to be an isolated community in Israel. And uh, we started off with 30 families. Today we are 250 families in three different communities, uh, mostly not from uh, Gush Katif. And uh, that's our idea. We're the fastest growing area in the Negev today. What are the three communities called? Naveh, with 100 families. Half of them live in permanent houses already. Wow. And Bnei Zarim, another 100 families with... Uh, 50 families who moved into permanent houses. And Bnei Nitzarim and Shlomit, which is the newest community with 50 families that ju- just broke around three years ago. Shlomit's going to be the biggest town of the area.
0: Which how we, large can it get?
4: Um, we're hoping that in 10 years we'll be 30,000 people.
0: It's pretty amazing. It's amazing. With with how many families now? We're 250. 200. 2,000 people with large families. And you think it can Thank get to 30,000
4: people? We're we sure we will get because if we got from 30 to 250 in less than five years of uh, being in uh, permanent houses because as you know to build a whole new community from the ground up takes a lot more than uh, just a few days right. took <laughs> us a few years uh, so we believe because we have a vision and we're not alone by by saying we're not alone I mean that we have JNF on our side and uh, how have
0: they been yeah. helpful um,
4: well they've been involved with us since day one helping us develop the ground and then helping us build the synagogue and then helping us uh, build the parks and kindergartens and the schools. And our flagship project on the moment is uh, building a new, brand new medical center that will give services to the area. You have to understand, if you want to get the family from Ranana to move down to the Negev, and you bring the mom and she gets to the community and she looks around and she sees that there is a, a, an education system for her kids... And health uh, service for uh, for the family and beautiful park. She knows this place is the future. That's what it is. And um, I can tell you that uh, the people in Halutz are very very passionate, very very optimistic, and uh, very very enthusiastic uh, about building the Negev. And we know that this is, Israel's is is um, today's uh, big, biggest national mission. And I gotta tell you, when. We, and I say we, it's the modern Orthodox community, always focused on Yehudashim one and aza which is important, very important. We forgot about the Negev, which is 60% of the land of Israel with only 5% of the Jewish population. And we're changing it. We're changing it and we're making the dream come true.
0: And we're the new pioneers of 2015. Uh, you're doing quite a job at it, I'll tell you that much. And the vision that you have for the future is pretty remarkable, that's for sure. And it seems that every time we speak with anybody from any developing city in this country, it seems that JNF is either behind them or partnering with them or doing something, giving them some type of project help. The thing is about JNF that they are not donors. Right. They are partners. Facilitators. When JNF
4: comes in and are partners, meaning they come in and they say, We think your medical center, that your planning is too small. Because if you think big, you gotta think ahead for the next ten or fifteen years. So we take the plans and we change them. We had a meeting with the CEO of uh, JNF a couple weeks ago, and uh, we showed them the plans. And he said, uh, "I'm not a big uh, doctor. I'm not into the health system, but I think it's too small. If you wanna be, if you if you wanna think big, you can't be just practical." And we took the plans, and uh, yesterday actually we got the approval to uh, double the size. We have a dental clinic. We're going to have a, a big yoga room. We're going to have a, a pharmacy. It's going to be uh, the full package for a health uh, service. And um, and that's what we do in Haluta. We're pioneers and we build Israel and we do good. And uh, I learned a lot of my Zionism uh, being in the States. I was uh, I was uh, received a basketball scholarship to uh, play in, uh, in Highland Park, New Jersey after high school. And uh, when I got to meet the uh, Jewish community in America and I saw how they look up to Israel... Um, I came back to Israel uh, a lot more Zionist than I was. Very interesting.
0: Well, you're doing great work here. Kolak Thank you. Continued success in building Halutza and the surrounding areas. Thank you. Uh, That is uh, Yedidia Harush. Yedidia Harush is uh, is doing a lot of great work here. So many are. And we say Kolak from all of us here at JM in the AM. More coming up. We're in Israel and stay rote on a Monday at JM in the AM. David Dardashti with a song entitled Adon Olam. We're in Israel here at JMNAM in hour number three. That's right. We are continuing our commitment to uh, strengthen our ties with the state of Israel. <laughs> we just had we just had a review of uh, Yeshiva League Sports with Didya Yaharush. Wait till everybody finds out that I met him here. He was re- reliving some of the memories of ten years ago from the Yeshiva League back home. Anyway, Rabbi Lior Sinai is here. He is the uh, co-executive director of the Alexander Muss High School in Israel, powered by the Jewish National Fund. Uh, it's a premier teen Israel experience. Rabbi Leor Sinai, welcome to JM and the AM. Thank you for having me. A pleasure. Where are you from? Originally Brooklyn. Brooklyn, New York! Are we family? <laughs> Brooklyn, everyone. If you're
13: Brooklyn, everybody's That's family. It. come on. It's the second capital either, of the people. Either that people. or
0: the Lower East Side. Right. Guaranteed you're related
13: to half the people out there. Right. Um, so what is the Alexander Muss High School? The Alexander Muss High School is a uh, pluralistic, international abroad program here based in Israel. We bring uh, high school students from around the world.
0: It starts in ninth grade? or No,
13: it's actually, we prefer 11th, 12th graders, 11th, 12th. but we'll take 10th graders. Uh, look, uh, they're coming here for right. an extended amount of time, so there's a level of maturity we expect yeah, the them to have. Uh, and it uh, started in Miami uh, 43 years ago, in 1972, with a rabbi, uh, Lava Shalom uh, Morris Kipper, who said, uh, we need to have an academic program in Israel, not just a summer camp in Israel. And he organized this uh, at the time with the Jewish uh, Federation in Miami, and they put that together. And since then, uh, over 24,000 alumni. The program has uh, spread out throughout North America. Uh, we get 150 students from Australia. I'm now working with the Jewish community in Istanbul, Turkey. And our goal is to grow from 1,000 students a year to 5,000 and become the premier international academic program in this Israel. This may
0: sound like a crazy question, but because of the qual- relatively high-quality Jewish education in New York, New Jersey area, do you have less of a percentage
13: of students in that area, or not I think it's more because of the competition. Right. There's just a lot of schools. A lot of schools. Uh, parents, of course, are tent- you know, they're kind of hesitant right. about sending their student during high school. If it's a junior year, then there's SATs, right. which we provide all of that. That. Really? Um, and at the end of the day, our, our, our students who do come during this period of time and leave as alumni, they're, they're our ticket. They vouch for our academic standards, for all the services we provide, and the college prep piece, right? You come to campus, colleges like to see that a high school student has had experience living abroad. Could you imagine? You walk <laughs> in and
0: say you were three years in Israel. That, right, right. I
13: guess that would be pretty impressive. Rabbi Leora Sinai is with us. Um, where is the school located? So we have two campuses. One is in Hoda Sharon. 10, 15 minutes north of Tel Aviv, depending on how fast you drive. And one uh, not far uh, from here is uh, Eshel Hanasi. So we have these two beautiful, beautiful campuses. And uh, it's not for more than a year, actually. We have semester programs, mm-hmm. so it's an abroad program. They come for a semester. We work with their home high schools. We have 20 day school partnerships. Are they
0: cooperative, the day schools? Are they oh, the yeah. high schools?
13: Oh, yeah. Well, the day schools, for sure, the private schools. Right. And then we also work with the public high school system. Right. And they're all into oh, the idea. They're into – as long as we – well, we're an accredited institution. So all the general studies that any high school student takes by us is received and transferable to their home high schools. So, as, so we, we teach. The same curriculum and textbooks that they have, whether they're from Oregon, Mississippi, Florida, uh, and so on. Are they necessarily doing it in Hebrew, or can they get a lot of help and, and have English courses? No, that's here? a great question. The courses are taught in English. We're known as an American uh, high school in Israel. Right. Uh, but for example, we had a school for day school from Vienna, and they requested that it be taught in Hebrew. So we teach in Hebrew. Easy uh, enough, I guess. Exactly. Right? It's Israel, uh, after all. So we're, we, you know, we're, we're a service provider. So we need to be able to provide not only all the courses, not only the the IPs and ABs and all the, the APs and the high level, right. um, but all the languages as well. Do you take responsibility for youngsters during, I don't know, vacation, weekends, et cetera? How does that work? It's uh, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. These kids come to us for 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We fill their You're uh, like an schedule. Av-bayet. Uh, gam Vigam yeah. Gam Ima Vigam Abba and right. everything else that they need and their teachers and their educators they're 24 hours a day with us we fill up their itinerary with uh, part of their itinerary is a trip to Poland because we teach the chronology of the Jewish people from Avraham Avinu to I guess now it's Bibi again uh, <laughs> all the way so, from Avril to Bibi <laughs> uh, that's right and Poland is part of that chronology of our history and what happened in Poland and the same thing goes with uh, the whole country Israel as the classroom.
0: Very interesting. So they get, uh, I guess, a lot of field trips and a lot of experiential education. As Just
13: imagine taking primary sources to where things actually happen. There's right. no
0: better teaching than that. So you walk around with a Tanakh. Gam de Gam. Like, like Ben Gurion. Exactly. Rabbi Leor Sinai, co-executive director of the Alexander Muss High School in Israel. How do our listeners get information about this? project,
13: about this program? Great question. So uh, uh, we are at amhsi.org. A-M. A-M-H-S, like Sinai. I, dot org. Okay. Uh, and we are a uh, program of the JNF.org, right. JNF USA. We have staff around the country, directors of admissions covering the entire country. So they are always ready and happy to answer phone calls, to come and visit, to organize prospective parents' meetings. We have a whole marketing team and campaign in place. So we are set uh, to support... Any questions and field any? There issues. must be
0: many alumni who say that this program changed their lives. There's got to be.
13: I, you know, we we say we we skew the pew. You know that whole pew result thing. <laughs> right, the few research. So we skew it, okay? And and I can tell you that for a fact because we did uh, have a survey out there for our 24,000 alumni, and out of them, I can tell you that over 75 to 80 percent of them, for example, married someone within the faith. 77 percent right. uh, of them are members of Uh 65 or 70 percent sit on boards. of Jewish I wonder how many have moved to Israel. We do have alumni close, to, I think, 200 that have. Made made uh, Aliyah, that have served in the IDF, that have made Israel their permanent home as a result of it. But that's not our main goal. Understood, but just a byproduct, right? We want to make sure there's a next generation that is prepared and carry the mantle of Jewish continuity and Israel connectivity around the world. Right. How, lar-
0: lar- how large is the program right now
13: for this uh, school year? For, we have uh, 971 students. That's amazing. I think that is, but we have a lot more to do.
0: <laughs> you won't stop till you get to how many? 5,000.
13: <laughs> wow. That's I'm our goal.
0: Vote. Uh, Rabbi Lior, is it Sinai or Sinai?
2: Well, we're in know? Israel,
0: so Sinai. <laughs> Rabbi Lior, Sinai, co-executive director, of A-M-H-S-I. If you search online, you get information about all this. If it's an, a, an 11th or 12th grader, then certainly
9: they're 10th welcome. Ninth graders too.
0: And 10th also, sure. but, uh, you know, the ninth graders can wait a year. And we'll then they can come time. visit. Fadarabha. Thank Fadarabha you so much. Arba Lecha. Uh Amazing stuff we're learning this morning. And this high school, the Alexander Weiss High School, is powered by the JNF, by the Jewish National Fund. Kolak Avod from all of us here at JM and the AM. I want to thank our uh, friend, the PC guy, who's your one stop for all your technology and needs in Yerushalayim and uh, many of your technologies worldwide. If you need a brand new PC or your existing PC tuned up, you call him. If you need a brand new printer, scanner, fax, copy, or have trouble with your existing one, you call him. If you have a radio show to set up and you need someone to go into the field in advance and check things out, you call him If you need to back up your PC, even if you're not in Israel but anywhere around the world, he has an advanced cloud-based backup service, which is pretty amazing. If you own an apartment in Yerushalayim and only visit twice a year, he can take care of that for you as well with support for your Internet when you're not there. Contact the PC guy, thepcguy.co.il, thepcguy.co.il. Big thank you to Shmuel, who helped us here today. Thank you, Shmuel, at the... Indoor uh, Playground in Stay Road. If you're watching, uh, the video is up right now at nalchamsiegel.com. Thank you to Jody Bodner. Thank you to uh, Shachar Hermelin. Thank you to Russell Robinson, the CEO of the JNF. Uh, Tomorrow we will be uh, live from the Nokia Center as they get ready for the Big Deer Shoe World Seam. That's where we're going to be tomorrow. Make sure to join us for that between 6 and 9 a.m. Should be a very interesting few days for us right here at JM in the AM. The Y studs are next at JM in the AM.
1: Oh, hey, con yo me jadas, ale mishpah, con yo me jadas, Ava Tisrael Bane Shama Keringe, 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 shine oh, show me Banishama, 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 Banishama,
0: in the am we're live here in stay road at the indoor children's playground in stay road with our friends at the jewish national fund and um, uh, ben gutman is here from new jersey described to us as a jnf lay leader he and uh, his family are members of the uh, century council of jnf and uh he's president of the northern new jersey jnf board ben gutman welcome to jm in the am thanks it's nice to be here and see you in sterile i appreciate that very much and uh uh, welcome to you today. Uh, tell us about some of the projects you've been involved with recently. I know, you, I know that Nofe Prat is one of them. Ex- describe it to our audience.
11: Well, we built a park, uh, our family built a park dedicated to my grandparents that were uh, killed in Auschwitz and they don't have any memorial t- to them there, obviously, so we decided to do something for the children of Nofei Prat and we built a park
0: there. And that is quite a memorial, to say the least, here yes. in the state of Israel.
11: And every time we come to Israel, we try to go to Nofei Prat, not just to see the park, right. but to interact with the people who tell us it helped uh, change the lives of the children there. How
0: there. long have you been involved with JNF? Uh, Twelve years. And what was the first initial uh, you know, entree into the organization?
11: Well, that's a good question. Uh, In 2003, uh, I told my wife that for my birthday, which is in March, that I was going to go to Israel. It was the middle of the Second Intifada, and she told me, you're crazy. I said, no, no, I'm (laughs) going to go to Israel, and I'm going to find a tour that's going. And everybody else but JNF canceled their trips to Israel, and JNF decided, we don't care how many people are going. We're going. And I went with them, and was very impressed by all the work that they're doing here and became more and more involved over time.
0: Very nice. The first impressive thing was that they didn't cancel the trip, as you indicated. Yeah, uh, ben Gutman is here. The, uh, uh, the biblical garden. Where is it and uh, what purpose does it serve?
11: Okay. We're building the biblical garden in an organization called Lotem, which uh, makes na- nature accessible to those people with special needs, all kinds of special needs. It's in or near Yokniam. Uh, the farm is called Emek HaShalom and, um, that, park will help children with special needs get out in nature there's going to be a part about the uh, creation story the seven days of creation so people that might not otherwise understand all those things will have an ability now 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 to appreciate
0: what do you suggest when you go back to new jersey to friends and family about what they should come and see in israel and specifically about the jnf projects
11: well, first of all, I tell them if they're involved with JNF, they really can't understand what JNF is doing until they come and see. But we have another problem. It's just trying to get people to come to Israel. So for my 60th birthday, when we dedicated the park in North Ebrot, uh we brought 50 friends and relatives with us to see what's going on in Israel.
0: That's the way to do it, huh? Yeah. One way to increase tourism.
11: Increase tourism and hopefully increase Zionism.
0: No question about that. Um, how's the northern New Jersey area in general doing when it comes to Israel and the JNF? You're head of the board. What, what, what kind of feeling do you get from the later leadership there?
11: Well, I think we're doing very well, but, you know, northern New Jersey is very diverse. We have a big Orthodox community in Tina Anglewood and Fairlong, which we're trying to attract. Uh, we have conservative synagogues all over and reform, and we're trying to reach out to all of them, and we're making progress. But there's a lot of competition for people's philanthropy dollars.
0: No question about it. But we we would think Israel would have a leg up, hopefully.
11: Well, that's what we think, too. Right. And JNF is Israel. So we can get people at least to understand what we're doing in Israel and hopefully eventually come and see what we're doing in Israel. Then I think we have them.
0: Uh, It's a pleasure meeting you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank
11: thank you. It's nice to be here.
0: I appreciate that. Ben Gutman, who has, uh, along with his wife Susan and children, are visiting Israel, and they are part of the... uh, Uh, century council of the jnf and they have a um uh, they have uh quite a recommendation to everybody and that's come see what these projects are all about and how much uh and how amazing some of the things that are going on in israel actually are more coming up this is jm in the a.m That says it all, doesn't it? Monday morning at JM in the AM, a big thank you to those who got us to our amazing Total Friday and Fundraising Marathon 2015, dedicating uh, our visit to Israel uh, this time around. Of course, to the Sassoon family who uh, had such a terrible tragedy, as we've all heard, and a tragedy that affected the collective Jewish heart in a very painful way over Shabbat, and that funeral takes place, all the funerals, I should say, takes place at 3.30 this afternoon in Yerushalayim. Our thoughts with the friends and relatives, of course, and uh, everybody feeling at least uh, a bit, if not more, um, of um, of a kinship to this Hasun family after what happened. JM and the AM, we uh, made a commitment to continue uh, to shore up the bond between uh, our listeners and the state of Israel, and uh, sure enough, we continue that commitment today by being here at the Stayrote Indoor indoor um, playground, indoor children's playground, Stay Road, that was uh, built by JNF. If you're watching at it, NachumSiegel.com, it's what you're seeing in the background. Roni Flammer is with us. Roni is founder of the R Movement. We first heard of the R Movement years and years ago. It was founded in 2002 by a group of young, idealistic Israelis dedicated to making the dream of populating the Negev and Galil a reality. Some might add the word crazy to that description because a lot of uh, folks who were involved in the early days of the Or movement really thought they were taking a big risk a big chance, maybe not knowing what they were doing, and maybe they were a little crazy. Roni Flammer, welcome to JM in the AM. Welcome. So, was it crazy or not?
14: <laughs> it wasn't, uh, and it's still crazy. But it's to be crazy. to be a Jew, it's a crazy thing, you know. It's Can't always disagree with chance.
0: That.
14: <laughs> so, uh, it's to take the challenges and the missions, and always a big vision in front of us, and. Uh, uh, or, you know, the meaning of this word is light. Right. Uh, so we don't fight the darkness,
0: we just uh, adding light. How do we judge if the first 13 years of the R movement have been a success?
14: Well, it's uh, quite easy to measure because we put uh, a very clear goal, which is to build new communities and to bring more than 20,000 people to live. Uh, in the Negev and in the Galilee. So uh, after 13 years, you can see that uh, there are about eight new towns and lots of uh, places that we expanded. By the way, hand with hand with the JNF. And, uh, of course, there are more than 30,000 people who came and just uh, it's, it's getting bigger every day. This what movement. would
0: be a good example? Give me a good southern town example of the R movement success.
14: So I think that the flagship is uh, really karmit. It's to take a place that uh, it's a new town that, uh, as you just said, a crazy idea, and to say, guys, they are going to live here 10,000 people in three years, and suddenly, against all odds, and, you know, uh, people, for some reasons, like to be pessimistic about chances and the bureaucracy of Israel. uh, I don't think that uh, this is the right way, but suddenly you can see that in one year, 470 lots uh, were uh, made, and more than 350 families uh, registered and started to build their homes. Right. And people are even, you know, making aliyah and living. The- Tel Aviv area and moving to this place, it's amazing, and I think that this is maybe, maybe the craziest thing.
0: Ronnie Flammer is with us. Is there any basic service that was not there at the beginning? I mean, when, when you and others of the young people started moving into these areas, was there such a thing as water, phone service, and things like that?
14: Well, uh, everything was in the Negev. But uh, not in every place. Right. So it's really to be pioneer, and it's pioneer thinking and pioneer actions. Uh, so you
0: remember the early days, not having what? What was it like in the early days?
14: So I can tell you that in the first community that we established, I remember Russell Robinson coming with the first mission of uh, JNF to to Sansana, right. and uh, you know they are they are looking for the bathroom. <laughs> and and they they even they, they dare to think that there are going to be water in this bathroom. They right. said it's not the hour of the water at uh, this day. <laughs> and they say guys it's 2000 it's not 1948. Uh, <laughs> and so I, I think that we were privileged even to face the the, the pioneering uh, spirit of the forefathers of this nation as well. And uh, and yes the, the it didn't start always with the electricity and phones
0: Oh, I forgot about electricity. Of course, yeah. uh, So
14: (laughs) it's not, it's not, uh, it it was not there from the first place. But I think that this is, uh, let's say, this, these are not the big problems. The real challenge is the spirit always, and to make sure that uh, there is a movement of young activists in Israel that still want to build this country. And and are there still? still, and it's growing and growing. You can tell
0: this audience that there are plenty of young people who are ready to continue to build this land.
14: Absolutely. More than 30 groups that uh, so far started uh, their own community or their own community in existing development town or kibbutz or or moshav. Even in this day, we are here in Sderot, this uh, unbelievable place, and uh, in Nachaloz, for example, which was... Uh, a flag of the last uh, war in Gaza right. Sure. right now again with JNF 18 families are making their way to live there in the coming summer and three of them already moved because they want to be part of this community and not wait till the summer so miracles are happening
0: it sounds like it's infectious to a degree that the word is spreading and that young people are spreading that word amongst themselves and that spirit that you speak about seems to be as alive as ever which is pretty amazing. Uh,
14: absolutely, we just need the courage and uh, the leap of faith uh, right. of saying it and and call to people and say, guys, there are still missions and we found more and more. We let's say that the demand is more than the supply. Right. We need we need today to invent uh, new products. Let's call it Zionist products because the demand is so huge. Uh, I'm from a family that is living uh, originally from the center we don't call it the center anymore. The right. center is in the and the <laughs> Galilee. But, 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 what,
0: but, but what do parents and grandparents say to people like you, especially when they left that pioneering spirit behind and you know built themselves nice homes with indoor plumbing in the center of Israel? Yeah. What do they say to people like you when you make these decisions?
14: <laughs> so I, I can tell you that my grandparents, uh, at the beginning, they didn't understand what we are doing. They said, we did it when we established right. this country. Why do it now? Right. And, and, and you should make money, and you should uh, Relax. take care of yourself <laughs> yeah you were in you were a fighter in, uh, in, in in the army so do something with your life you are just throwing everything so uh, it's it's a process that they understood in the end of the day and they were very proud after a few years that they understood what is going on and,
0: and they saw the it's growth. not
14: just a dream or crazy dream and i can tell you that uh, two of my uh, my sister and my brother moved my sister is moving to the Negev. Another brother moved. My parents are considering moving to the Negev, and I have another brother moved to the north. So the whole family is in this uh, you madness. You made them the pioneers. And yeah, <laughs> but you know, see the housing crisis in Israel. Right. See the gaps that we are all day long discussing just after the elections. Right. Now, in the end of the day, the Negev and the Galilee are the vision of Israel. This is the future, and this is where, in a personal level, and in a very uh, idealistic level. You can build yourself and this country at the same time.
0: In some communities, the mothers and the wives are pushing everybody to do this, right? The spirit of the ladies of the Jewish people is really giving a big pioneering push, right?
14: Absolutely. First, we know who, in the end of the day, takes the decisions. <laughs> uh, we, we're never mistaken in, the, in this. Uh, but uh, You know, when we started, we had these Paulo meetings that we came, and uh, we were the clowns with the crazy ideas at the beginning, and suddenly we saw that our supporters are these men who were dreaming about camels and four-wheel drives, uh, tours, etc., but we understood that they are not taking the decisions. So, we have a condition. If there are not 50% women at the room, we are not coming. And this is the real uh, decision makers, and they know and they have their checklist, and once they have, you know, uh, a, a good, uh, a good direction, and, and so then you Smart know, man. <laughs> I have I have five daughters. I have no an <laughs> <other.
0: laughs> What does it say? Nashim <laughs> <laughs> right? That it's the, it's the, really the women who love the land of Israel even more than the men of the Jewish people. Absolutely, yeah. no absolutely. Question about
14: it. And if they. But, but, you know, at the first time, I remember, again, Janef and us, we, we had a, a meeting with a group in Givodba And they were asking them, guys, what will make you take the decision to really move, not only to come for these tours? And then uh, they said, one of the women said, I want to see a park. I want to see a kindergarten. I want to see a synagogue. And that's how we started to develop this uh, JNF or movement uh, methodology right. of all the public facilities in these communities. And it really works. Build they, it and they will come or build it and the decision of the woman right. will come. Because they
0: know what's important to, raise, to raise children. Um, uh, can you name a couple of other people? that were instrumental at the beginning with you? Was it a lot? Was it 30 people, or were there just a couple that were... Uh... We,
14: we started, it was a Phil Fisher, and his father, Dudu, is always very involved, you know, uh, not only singing for us, but opened lots of doors, uh, and it was Nir Blusten, and it was uh, Zevik Jakubowicz, the four of us. That's we it, started four people? Four people. You know, just came back in the age of 17, back from, you know, there is a tour for uh, uh, 17 years old uh, kids in Israel going to the camps to see what happened in the Holocaust. Marginal living? Yeah. And we came back and said, not that it's only, not that it's not going to happen again, but we are going to dedicate our life for something that is much bigger than us and to make sure that Israel is going to be the best country to live in. We never thought of the Negev and the Galilee when you live next to Tel Aviv. You are not aware of it even. Yes. But, uh, yeah, the four of us started it. But uh, thank God, today uh, it's a huge movement.
0: When Dudu Fisher on this show first told us about his son's involvement... So I, I looked at him like, you know, how did this happen? And he saw the amazement on my face. And he looked at me and he said, Reb I don't know where I went right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Most people say they don't know where they went wrong. He doesn't know where he went right. but He, he, was, really... he was
14: laughing at us on Shabbat uh, after dinner. We, we came to the fisher's house and we were dreaming about this day after the army that we'll do something. And he was entering with Tova into Durham and say, guys, you are crazy. I don't believe it hap- it, it, it is happening in my living room. And he's room. a
0: dreamer, and he says and he's this. He's a dreamer. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, Roni, it's a pleasure to meet you. A real Jewish hero, in my opinion.
14: Thank you very much. Thank the you darabal- for what you're doing.
0: Thank you so much. Roni <laughs> Flammer, uh, they're doing incredible work with the R movement, and it's something at JNF. JNF's proud of all their projects, but this one, they are really off the charts proud every single time I see Russell Robinson. At some point, we get into a conversation about the R movement. It's really amazing. Uh, ready to wrap things up on a Monday morning at JM and the AM. I thank you all for tuning in. And, of course, uh, uh, tomorrow we're at the Ders- Dershow World Seum at the Nokia Center in Tel Aviv. We'll be there actually for two days officially, I guess, because we'll be doing the show live before the event tomorrow morning. And Wednesday's show is going to be during the event that takes place tomorrow night. So make sure to... Um, Uh, Tune in and join us for that before we get back uh, Thursday with Mayor Furtigan's in studio. Uh, Mayor Weingarten is coming up. Mayor Weingarten has the... uh Newest edition of the uh, Israel Show coming up at 9 o'clock this morning. Why were all the polls wrong, he'll ask in his post-election wrap-up and analysis. The unintended consequences of President Obama's pre-election actions. A survey of reaction in Israel and what happens now, plus always the best Israeli music featuring a new Pesach song by Aaron Razel. It's all happening on the Israel Show coming up next between 9 and 10 o'clock on our stream at jmtheam.org. (laughs)
1: Acheinu kol beis <laughs> Israel, ha nisunim b'tzara v'ashivya, ha ben bein bayam, uvein Acheinu kol beis <laughs> Israel, ha nisunim b'tzara v'ashivya. <laughs> I'm a comedian, I my day. you <laughs> To <laughs>
0: a great song from the Maccabees J.M. and A.M. on a Monday uh, some thank yous for the uh, programming today and for this week big thank you to Miriam El Wallach General Manager of the Nachum Siegel Network um, big thank you to uh, Yigal Siegel who um, continues to be a great assistance whether we're in the United States or in Israel uh, big thank you to Shaka Hermelin to uh, Joey Bodner Jody Bodner rather thanking Joey now. I should thank Joey as well. Why not? I'm sure he enjoyed the JNF show. Jody Bodner to Russell Robinson, the CEO of JNF USA. Uh, Danny Goldberg, our very own. I thank him for all his help in advance of this show. The PC guy who you could find. Just search him on the web. For God's sake, you don't even have to call his phone number. Just search his name. He comes up like almost instantaneously for the PC guy. Uh, big thank you to ZK. Big thank you to Stan in our studio. The Israel Show comes up next with Mayor Weingarten. Big thank you to our friends at um, Travel Cell. Contact Travel Cell for your trip to Israel for Pesach. And um, they're responsible for getting us connected to the USA today, and I thank them for that. Thank you, Josh Melman, everybody at Travel Cell. Thank you to the Inbal Hotel, our home base. You heard Alex Herman on during our big fundraiser last week. They love donating... Uh, they love donating... Um, Their facilities to us for both studio and lodging. I thank them. Uh, the Inbal Hotel. Who am I forgetting? Anybody? Am I forgetting anybody? Uh, Travel Cell, the Inbal. A big thank you to all of them from all of us here at the JM and the AM radio program. Uh, as we said, the, uh, a big thank you to all of our listeners for getting us to an amazing total last Friday during our JM and the AM fundraising marathon. Tomorrow we'll be at the Menorah Mivtachim Arena. That's the brand new name, what used to be called the Nokia Arena. We're told it's the Menorah Mivtachim Arena. That's where they're going to be uh, doing the Deer Shoe World. cm We'll be there tomorrow live. And then, of course, Wednesday show will be from the actual CM Tuesday night. So you'll be able to hear all the action. Thursday, Mayor to will be back in studio at JM in the AM in Jersey City. And, of course, our hearts uh, continue, as we've been saying all morning long, and I cannot say it enough times because the collective Jewish heart has been... Uh, affected so deeply by the tragedy of the Sassoon family of Brooklyn, New York. Uh, they, they lived in Israel before they lived in Brooklyn, and the funerals, the burials of the uh, seven members of the family are going to be taking place at 3.30 this afternoon, just about a half hour from now, at Har Nuchot in Yerushalayim. Our thoughts and prayers with friends and relatives of the Sassoon family of this horrific tragedy, which has affected, really, the Jewish world uh, collectively, not just people in Brooklyn, or their uh, immediate family and friends, but everybody was affected uh, by this terrible tragedy on Shabbos. Um, and that's that. We will uh, continue tomorrow from uh, Tel Aviv, as we said, with the Deershoe World Seum. And uh, that will be Tuesday and Wednesday's JM&AM. Mary Mal Wallach, thank you very, very much. Thank you.
5: We continue to meet incredible people every time we come
4: here. This
0: was our, this was an <laughs> unbelievable list of people today. Yeah. We met real Jewish heroes here today and subjects of some very interesting Yeshiva League uh, news from the past as well. We really covered the gamut, I can tell you that much, that's for sure.
5: And then there were heroes. <laughs> is,
0: right, correct.
5: okay.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, and we, and we had people who were <laughs> right. in Entebbe.
5: Exactly. We had
0: Yeshiva League people. Oh, right, and the and we, Entebbe guy. Right. are <laughs> brothers and sisters in Israel. We are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish Moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, around the world on the web, jmdm.org. And that will close out our broadcast from the children's, indoor children's playground in Stay Road. Thank you, Jewish National Fund. Tomorrow from the Menorah Miftachim Arena in Tel Aviv for the Deershu World Seum. a World event that is probably going to have over 100,000 people participate in all different locations. will be at the main one tomorrow in Tel Aviv. Uh, Mayor Weingarten is next with the Israel Show and a lot of post-election analysis. Stay with us on the stream all day long at jmdm.org. till tomorrow from uh, the uh, Menorah Miftach in Marina and uh, Tel Aviv, it's Nachum single reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.